The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 97 of the MX Vice Show podcast, MXGP of Patagonia, Argentina edition. We were there, one of a few media people who made the long trek to the depths of Argentina. Three flights, two days of traveling each way. What a trip. What an experience. What a... I, I'm tired. I'm not going to lie. I, Lewis Phillips, your host, very tired. So this could make this podcast incredible because I may be a little looser. I may say some stuff I shouldn't, or I'll just have no idea what's going on. Stay tuned and find out. Let's jump in and figure this thing out. As always, I'd like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, the Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. Thanks to those guys for sponsoring the show, giving us their support, and helping us try to push the sport forward in Europe, because Lord knows does it need it. Coming up, we've got Leah Ask Vice Anything, the Planet Moto Bombshell. Armour, you smarter than a birth, will return for episode 100. We're on 97 now, so not long to wait. Episode 100, that will make its triumphant return. Which will give us enough time to come up with some new questions as well. So all good, all good. This is part one of the MXY show. And of course, that is presented by our friends at Fly Racing, who have redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, codehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. A lot of concussions in Argentina. None from riders wearing a Formula helmet. Coincidence? I think not. Unfortunately, Fly Racing's Isaac Gifting did break a collarbone, which is a shame because he could have quite easily actually finished on the podium, which would have been a, would have been a real moment for Hitachi KTM, fueled by Milwaukee and the Fly Racing Formula helmet. I'm Lewis Phillips, your host, as I mentioned, and with me is a man who has missed his first GP of the year. His mission to turn up to many GPs is unraveling quickly because we are now looking at an end of April return. <laughs> it's James Burfield. Hello, Lewis. Yes, uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I didn't miss Argentina one bit. I love the track. Uh, I love the food. I love the people. I just can't do that travel. Like no one understands until you've done that travel how hard it is. I was literally chatting to you guys yesterday in Frankfurt Airport. So it's Tuesday and you're still in Germany. This is your, you're still traveling back from Argentina. I left, I left the hotel at 1.20 a.m. Monday morning and got through my front door at uh, 8 p.m. Tuesday night. So With uh, no delays. There were no delays, no issues. No, it was actually a perfect trip as far as everything ran on time. Yeah, so, so what, what I want to kind of emphasize to people is that uh, it's, it's 
I mean, I think we we added up at 32 hours flying or 32 hours, I don't know, travel. It's it's not, it's way more. Like literally from my house to to the track and from the track back to, you're losing days of your life. Uh, sat in a plane uh, in security, you know, it's just, it's just carnage. Not only that, the cost. The cost is just phenomenal. Like literally for a media organization like us, um, you know, we get zero help. So um, we're literally paying for this out of our, uh, you know, out of our advertising. It, it's not cheap. So for me going there, would probably just put another two grand on the bill. Um, minimum. Not more than that, James. More than yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> so exactly like, like that trip is, and, and it's funny you say that we were basically the only media guys there. Well, there's a reason. We were, the only, we were the only ones who didn't get, who didn't have help from you all. Okay. So, so there, there's a reason there why other people aren't doing it. We were the only website there, put it that way. Um, yeah. Well, no, I, I, I guess if you, I mean, how many other writers were there? None. How many other video guys? One. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> um, yeah, no, what a trip. I had some personal issues. Of course you did. On stop. Uh, did they not like El Diablo? They hated everything about me. Everywhere I went. I haven't even... I, I, I was keeping everyone updated on my Twitter. I gave up in the end because I felt like it seemed unreal, unrealistic, what I was saying, because I was like, fuck me, not another one. No one's going to believe me. Maybe they follow you on Twitter. Maybe yeah, the maybe. Argentina government were following you, just like mocking Four, you. 45 minutes of immigration entering the country because I hated everything I had. Uh, while I was in there, uh, someone tried stealing my luggage, um, got to the hotel, would only take cash and wanted US dollars for some well, drug dealer. Um, it's because my... that, that's literally a financial decision because the US um, dollar is way more stable than... Uh, is it, what is the Argentina currency? Peso. Peso. So yeah. So I said to him that I'll figure it out and I'll get it sorted. He then came and knocked on my door, burst into my apartment, stood there screaming at me in Spanish, and then Google translated, you have 24 hours. So that was fun. Really, that was a good experience. I enjoyed trying to find US dollars in 24 hours. Sounds like a great um, hotel you picked. It was actually a good hotel. Um, apart from that, um, it was quite good to go because the guy spoke absolutely zero English, so I could abuse him. And he had no idea. Um, <laughs> I was saying all sorts of stuff to him. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you were. <laughs> um, coming back, I went to change up some money to get a taxi across Buenos Aires. Uh, they called security on me. Um, okay. In, what, in the taxi airport. company? Yeah, no, the currency people. Oh, uh, how come? I was, on, I, was cha- I was changing up money and I was on my phone and then they started going mental at me. And I was like, I don't understand. What are you saying? Like, what have I done? Like, this money's good, No. And then, they, and then the security came and were like, sir, you're not allowed to be on your phone at a currency desk. I was like, really? <laughs> and they're like, yes. I was like, you're really? We're doing security over this? Um, wow. Um, yeah, you just sound like you've had a fun time. There were other things that I can't remember. Um, yeah, there were other things that I can't remember. But yeah, what a trip. What a, what a trip. What a trip. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, good good yeah. times, Lewis. Good times. Luckily, I'd like to thank the riders for helping me out because the riders, without the riders' assistance, I probably wouldn't have gotten very far. So hang on, talk, talk rider assistance. How, no, how's gonna, it? I'm not, I can't. I'm no, not going no, into details. No, no, but like, how, how did a rider help you? I don't want to know names. I want to know how they came to help you. No, just like people, help, people helped me find solutions to my problems and 
helped me with some stuff that I didn't know and helped me figure out how to basically get myself out of all of the situations. Which is crazy because there's like literally only 20 riders there. So how did they yeah, get... It was good. I like, I like that. How did they all like, literally, they would like need to get their mum and dad's involved say, I, 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 all I your problems. Every, I spoke to every single rider. It was amazing. Of course you did. I've got so much insight. I literally spoke to every single rider on, on the start line. Apart from yeah. the Argentina ones. Of, of course you did. There's no one there. There was a good amount. No, there wasn't a good amount. It was quite embarrassing. 27 riders in MXGP was fine. All right, how many real riders in MXGP? Yeah, but this is the problem, right? In MX2, the Argentina riders weren't bad. They actually weren't bad. Um, they, they, if it was a normal European GP and there were the normal 25th through 35th place riders, then they wouldn't have looked out of place. They just looked out of place because... It was basically top 10 and then 25th in a European GP. It'd be like removing 11th through 24th in Portugal. And then you'd be like, fuck me, the guy at 25th is terrible. But because it's because the gap looks so big. Um, but no, it wasn't. Well, it is what it is. Uh, it, it, it is what it is, but it was terrible. I spoke to a couple of satellite teams and asked them what help they get from in front. And they said that they're more than happy with the help they get. Really? I said, because they told me what help they get, which I'm not going to say because I always seem to screw it up because it's, it's something to do with the weight of the crate and I always get the measurement wrong. So I'm not going to say it because I will mess it up. They get, basically, they get allotted a certain amount of freight that you uh, the in front cover. Um, and I said, I said to them, I was like, oh, is that shit? And they're like, no, it's actually really good. Like, I've covered half of our freight. I was like, okay. okay, can I just give you an example? Right? Uh, we're Here round we three in. Right, we're round three in. Uh, Jazakonis, obviously not a great start to the season. Uh, he's scored three points. Um, obviously, the team chose not to go to Argentina. But don't worry, Rolando from Uruguay is now in 22nd place in the World Championship with 10 points. Congratulations. I don't really see, how that's a, I don't really see what your point is. Uh, it's just a mockery. But like anybody could turn that to Argentina and score points. Rolando like literally, quite good. I'm not. I'm not disrespecting Rolando. I'm just saying that, given that what Jazakonis has been through and everything else. Yeah, but it, tw- okay, Argentina 20, tw- 2019, 21st place in a championship. Joaquin Poli, like same thing. It's always okay. going to be that way. It's because it's a. If we were, if this was, that's a stupid point. Because if this no, was it's round, not. it's not. If this, no, because if this was round seven, that wouldn't be the case. The, the, the thing is, we're, we're early enough in the season where the other riders haven't stacked enough points. Like, I, I just like that Pasquale is, is 19th in MX2 World Championship. Yeah, and, he, well done. And, he, and, he won't, and he won't be after Portugal, and by the end of the year, he will be 30-something. Like, well, uh, well done, 16 points. In, talking in the, as if we're handing out trophies today. Like, we are. We are. We're, no, we're handing no, out trophies. Like, we're, we're the championship. Literally, what we could be doing is handing out a participation trophy. That's my point. MX2 ride, you've completely, again, you've sent me to this race and I've told you something that you've completely ignored. The MX2 riders were quite good. They were not out of place. I'm not saying that they are and I'm not being disrespective. I'm just putting things into perspective. You literally just took, made fun of Pasquale in 19th in MX2. And he was at, like, the MX2, the the MXGP riders, okay, there was a bigger gap, but the MX2 riders were not bad. Yeah, I'd love to see Pasquale go around Lommel. Okay, you can say that about most riders who are uh, okay, outside of you. Okay, but that, that's my... That's my it, it, 
it makes a mockery of what these guys are doing. It's, it's supposed to be a world championship. I get it. However, having was 14 seconds. people turning up is ridiculous. Pasquale was four seconds slower than Fredrickson, which I don't feel like is that bad. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to like go into a detailed analysis on this. I'm just. Well, no, that's literally... kind of what we're here for. Well, you, you crack on with you with um, your anyway, lap times and everything else. Solution, I think the solution to this is quite simple. We just need a follow-up event in Mexico, Brazil, somewhere like that, to make it so that it's more. Um, more enticing for teams to go because going for one race in South America is that it's easy to write that off. But if you're looking at it and you're like, well, if we go like, if we're going to be crazy Mexico thing as well, they, blah, blah, they blah, do blah, that blah. with Thailand. They used to do it with Brazil and Mexico. They used to do it with Argentina. It used to be Argentina and then Mexico. It's only just, it's only because we've lost, we've lost an extra South American race for is, which is why Argentina stands alone. But I think Brazil will be back on a schedule next year. So okay. that, that could solve this problem. Are and you looking forward to Brazil? I, <laughs> um, oh my god seriously we'd have to, I'm, I'm gonna have to get some armed like guards for you in brazil jesus i got a police escort into the track that's cool did you see yeah i seen that um uh, mitch and his mum also had a uh, police escort so two they were bikes, given two bikes in front of me two bikes behind me they were giving them out like anybody no, no i just i felt very special like cars tried coming by me and the policeman just went whoop whoop no, don't even try it, mate. We've got precious cargo in this car. Precious, yeah. <laughs> Sean. I felt very special. Very special. It was a highlight of my life. I, I now demand that every GP. You I'm are very special. I am going to sit in the lobby of my hotel in Portugal until the policemen turn up because I refuse to drive to a track unless I'm police escorted from now on. I refuse. Uh, I was just pleased to hear that uh, Kaida Wolf is actually okay. Because That's how we're jumping to that. Well, I'm just thinking of positives from this Argentina trip and, and the positive, you know, vibes are that he's now okay and he's, you know, it's a bit banged up, but it's nothing broken. So um, speaking of positiveness, um, I'm going to go with that. Okay, thanks. The rest, of the, the, rest of, the rest of the event is just like, I love the track, don't get me wrong, but you can't have a world championship with 14 riders. I will say that, like, the cost of everything, the travel, like, I was quite bitter towards the event heading there. And then when I walked into the track on Friday morning, I was like, oh, okay, this is actually a good event. Like, this is actually, this is semi-worth it. Like, this is a good event, deserving of a GP, deserving of being on the calendar, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is worth it. Like, I kind of, once I walked in and saw, I think, in person for the first time in three years, I was kind of like, okay, this is, this is good. Yeah, like, I've got, I got nothing, like, the track, the event, everything's awesome. Wi-Fi's terrible. Um, the, you know, that whole, that whole setup, you know, being in Argentina, the crowd, that all works. It just doesn't work financially. It, it doesn't. It doesn't work for us as a media company. It was a, we, we could have sat at home and saved seven, 8,000 pounds. Literally, you could have just sat at home watching TV and saved eight grand. Like that's, that's the, the, the low in, you know, that's, that's where we are currently with this World Championship. At the moment, it's, it's a little bit disjointed. It's, um, it, could, it could do with, be, if it's going to be a standalone event, it could, be do, it could do with being round one again. Because when it was round one, everyone felt obliged to turn up. But obviously, if you're Geben and Jazakonis has barely scored points through two rounds, obviously you're going to turn around and go, you know what, let's just miss it. Whereas yeah, that, round, before you know round what? one, they probably still had hope. 
Do you know what? That's, that is a strong statement. And, and the reason why I can relate to that is I remember um, back a few years ago when um, JWR signed uh, Brylaikov, Stryboss, uh, and Goal. Uh, Stryboss was adamant. He, was, he tried basically everything to talk Johan into um, going to Argentina. That's how much, because it was round one, he wanted to start off the season um, you know, like positively. And, and, and you're, you're quite right. If that was round one, I think more people would have gone. I put, I put some of this onus on teams, to be honest. Like, I, like okay, if you're, uh, I can't think of an example, but if you're... Uh, Gebben, uh, I don't understand why Gebben yeah, didn't go. Like, if you're a team like Gebben, you are a world championship team with very top riders. That's on you. You need to figure this shit out. Like, you need, like, you, that's on you. Like, in my opinion... Like, okay, maybe they could do with some more help, but Gebben have done Argentina before. Yeah. So. And the like, fact that you've got a rider, the caliber of Vlanderen, who sat at home. Like, and that, I'm pretty that, sure it's in Vlanderen's contract that he has to do the overseas as well. It's, it's, uh, it, that just, I, I, don't, I don't get it and I don't understand it. And, and, and I'm pretty sure it probably comes down to finances. I get it, but, you know, I, how did the sponsors feel that were supporting the team and everything else? It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, um, on to the results or what happened. Uh, guys are one again. Starting to become a bit of a... War off? Bit of a foregone conclusion, you could say. Um, yeah, he's kind of ruined it. Like we, we said in the last podcast, he's ruining his championship now. He doesn't have to be that good. I, I don't know. I don't know, what to, I don't know what to say other than he's riding very well. Um, Trentino's coming up he'll be good there my only hope is that someone can stop him in Portugal um, I think Portugal's a very poignant event because I don't think anyone's going to stop him in Trentino but Portugal if someone can steal a GP win from him then I'll kind of like um, have a bit of hope again you know like I'll have a bit of um... yeah he's just like he's just looking good he's got nothing that the pressure is not there because he knows that all he's got to do is just keep stringing in these ones, twos, ones, twos, the odd three. It's, it, there's, no, there's no pressure on there. He's going out and just riding because, you know, he's not making the mistakes because he hasn't got anything else to think about because there's no distractions. It's just... And even his starts are better now, so that's less of a problem. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know other than I was on the Prado train for the title. I still am because I'll stick with it. Um... Oh, well, I want to talk, don't, don't go too far on that one because I want to talk to you about this because I know you've been bigging up Prado and there was a little bit of derail. Um, oh, if you want encouragement, I'll tell you this. 2018, no, 2019? Uh, 2018, when Jonas was the defending MX2 world champion, um, Jonas started the season with three GP wins, absolutely dominated. And after round three, we were all like, well, that Prado challenge isn't going to happen. Jonas is going to walk to his championship. And then from there, it just slowly unraveled and unraveled, unraveled. And then Prado ended up winning the title convincingly. So it's not, it, we've, we've had this playbook before where things could turn around, but right now it's very hard to imagine how guys is going to be stopped because he just seems so on point. Um, I can't yeah. really point to anything he's doing wrong, especially like I say now. No, that's the thing. As well. He's not doing anything wrong because there's no pressure applied or anything. He can just literally go about his business. He, he kind of knows that when, when he lines up on the start, he's got this. That, I wouldn't that, go that, that far, but I think he's, I think I, he's I think confident he, that it's not going to go poorly. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't mean as I've got this, I'm going to annihilate everybody. I mean, he's got this, that 
he can run what he needs to do. There's no pressure applied. He can literally go out, do his thing, score maximum points like that he can that day. There's not going to be, you know, added issues or other mistakes or little crashes or anything else. He's just going to go about his business. And that's what he's doing. And you can't knock him for that. What are the chances that Maxime Renault wins this championship? <sighs> you know that I brought this up. Why isn't this exciting to me? Like, why, yeah, but why do I not feel like, why do I not feel like amazed and wowed? And like, is it because I deep down subconsciously, I actually expected it? Or like, why do I not feel like absolutely, bl- is it because of La Capelle? Like, I don't feel like blown away and like, wow. But I think this is, th- this is what we need to talk about. Because look at other debut seasons for riders who have gone up. Yes, he was a world champion. Okay, a little bit different. But we've seen like obviously Olsen going up and, and, and Watson going up in previous years, Vlanderen. They were all contenders. They didn't win world titles, but they were all contenders. And they were all you know, capable of wins on their day. You've got somebody like Renault who has that world championship, but just seems to have gelled straight away. And when we talked about this on the last episode. I, I, I genuinely think we need to be given him more kudos. I, I believe that everybody should be like going, what the, what, what's happened? Because he's come from literally winning the world championship in MX2. You know, we talk about adapting, you know, give him a year, blah, blah, blah. He's just literally, he's killing it. Absolutely killing it. I don't know why I don't feel like, I don't know, like amazed or I don't know, something, I don't know. I just feel like I've got a bit of a disconnect with this situation. Yeah, I don't mean why. You, you're hung up on the preseason thing, thinking that, um, you know, he's just going to come in and, you know, he's going to be, uh, if he gets a couple I think of it is, Yeah, um, I think Lacapelle convinced me enough where I'm kind of now like immune to it. Yeah. He's 17 points down on Geyser. You know, that, that's... Yeah, like when I saw that when Geyser's been in the championship, I was shocked. Yeah, six points in front of Prado. You know, like you can't, you can't play down what he's done in the first three rounds. And he's looked really good. He's looked good on the bike. He's full of confidence, but also he's not had those scary 450 moments, you know, where it's like, like I love watching Fernandez at the moment because I genuinely don't know what he's going to do. Like Maxime Renault is not that guy. Maxime Renault looks to be controlled, fast, and I'm not saying that, well, Ruben does seem to be a little bit out of control sometimes, but it gives you that excitement factor. But that's, that's the thing. Like, Renault has adapted that 450 so, so well. Like, it's ridiculous. 21 years old, and, a, you know, imagine if 21 years old and we, we could be saying world champion again this year, back-to-back. Was it guys the last person to do MX2, MXGP, uh, back-to-back titles? Uh, I believe it yes. was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, that, and that's a feat in itself. Imagine if he See, pulls like, this even off. Then you're, saying, you're saying this, and in my head, I'm like, well, it's not going to happen. I don't know why. I'm not convinced. I still believe that Prado, Sua are better riders. I still believe that Renault is the fourth best rider in this series at the moment. Okay, but we've all, we've all seen that consistency wins championships. And, and what we're getting from Renault at the moment is consistency. And, and to be 17 points down on a multi-world champion at this stage, um, and in front of everybody else, you know, yeah, I think we, we have to tip, you know, a tip of the hat to um, Renault about how he's conducted himself and in, in how he stepped up because, you know, with, from the outside, people must be like, what is happening? But we're, maybe we're too close to it. 
because obviously, you know, I've had you know in-depth conversations with Louis about what he's seen from from Renault in you know in the preseason, and he said, you know, as soon as they seen him on the in the first session on the four fifty, they knew they had something very very special. That was his words. Um. Prado was a bit of a non-factual weekend. Um, what happened? What, so, so you're the guy, you're the inside guy, you, you've obviously talked to all the riders this weekend. What is going on? Because I fully expected him to step up this weekend. No, it's not surprising. If you look, he's never been that incredible in Argentina. It's not, it's quite obvious, like, fast, hang it out is not Prado's style. Prado is a very technical, um, pick your way around a slower track type rider. Like if, like I say, Jonas handed it to, well, Prado was actually well, well back that weekend uh, in MX2 in 2018. Um, so it's not that much of a surprise. I thought it'd be closer. Yeah, but it's not, this is n- in no way a Prado track. This is probably the worst track for Prado on the schedule just because it is so fast and ha- you have to hang it out. Whereas um, he's more of a tidy rider, you could say. So you're saying um, so- this, is a, this was a, a pure Fernandes track. This was just a close your eyes and pin it track, and that's not Prado's <laughs> MO at all. Um, so I, I, do, I do put pressure on Prado in Portugal because I do think he needs to do something and step it up. But he's only had one less moto win than uh, guys of this year. So if you look at that category, he's not that far behind. He's not that far behind. No, he's picked up two wins. He's, you know, he, he's shown he can do it. it I do again, expect it... him to win Portugal, though. Yeah, I mean, that, that hopefully will give him the turning point. Uh, look, he needs that consistency and he's not quite got it and that's what we've seen from previous years with injuries and stuff like that um, he needs to now string three or four together to apply that pressure on Geyser if he can if he can get those three or four you know um, wins under his belt and put that pressure on the Geyser then Geyser will start making mistakes but at the moment no one's doing that Geyser's just you know he's probably having a pizza this week relaxing you know he's chilling out maybe a burger who knows I still like- back Prado for the championship but we will see we will see um, I'd still put guys from Prado very equal as uh, contenders for this thing. Sure, I, um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. It's just that you know, show us. So I was right about Jonas all along, wasn't I? Yeah, I hate to agree. Literally, I was watching this. So I was watching this on Sunday. So pissed off that you've given me so much grief over something I was perfectly reasonable in saying and perfectly right about. Yeah, but uh, look, don't get ahead of yourself. Yes, he shows. I never speed. said he was going to be world champion. I just said he's a better rider than anyone gives him credit for, and he can win GPs. And one race back, and he's proven it. Oh, hang on. So what? What GP did he win? Well, he, uh, he would have won that first moto. He won the qualifying race in his first... He's had 45 minutes on the bike since January the 12th. He's proven that he can win races. No, I'm... I'm yeah, yeah. I just need to take see the, it. Take the air on this one. Don't try and argue. Just take the air. No, it's a long old season. You know, like, I don't want to get on this... On the, the whole, you know, get the wheels moving on this bandwagon and then he just crashes us again. Nothing about that. It was always... It was nothing about his end of season ranking. It was nothing about that. It was always about he has the speed and the potential to battle at the very... Well, front. they say you can always work with speed, but you have to stay on the bike as well, I guess. Jonas isn't a crasher. I don't know where you're getting this from either. He had tendonitis in his wrist, which was not caused by a crash. I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying that, you know... Well, um, you did say and he crashes again. That's what you said. Okay. Um, so he won, he won qualifying Saturday, yeah? So, and we've, we've talked about this qualifying race. They need to sort it out. Like what the hell is qualifying race for? Um, 
But then on the Sunday, you, you fully expect he's won the qualifying race. Yep, gelled with the track. You know, it, it's good. We fully expect him to go out and um, you know maybe a podium. What happened? What I'm kind of not wanting to do this conversation because someone's come back. Someone's ridden for 45 minutes in two months. Come back ten days after having surgery has got fourth overall in the hot in uh, the highest level in the world. And you are trying to shit on him, and I'm kind of not really wanting to get involved in this because okay. I don't really feel like you're being fair at all. You're right. trying to tear me. You're trying to tear me down and make me look stupid. And unfortunately, Jonas is collateral damage in that. No, no, no. Right. Let's put this in perspective. There's a guy who's you been out what? for two years, Mitch Evans. Two years. Like been literally out for a year. And okay. Two months. It feels like two years. But again, can hardly even like you know move his wrist you know he's still he's still like struggling you know, no grip strength or whatever that, now that's a result that is okay. a performance okay now you're trying to te- now you're trying to make me choose what Mitch is doing gr- is great but it's a completely different situation because Mitch has had an off season Jonas has not Jonas has not tested this all new bike Jonas is basically just riding something He's basically picked up a bike, gone racing. Didn't I didn't think he'd even have the conditioning to win the qualifying race. I was surprised at that. Jonas is very good. That's all I'm trying to say. I don't know why you're so against it. Like Jonas is very, very good. And what a result. No one would have expected him to be top four, let alone leading laps. Great result. Great return. As he gets more fitness, more bike time, more testing, more comfortable. It's exciting to see what he's going to do moving forward. I don't know why you can't just go, yeah, that's, yeah true, and move on. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm I, I'm I'm not a Jonas hater. I like Jonas. Great rider. You you just big these people up so much that no, I never big Jonas just up to... so much. You decided to latch on to what I was saying and think that I was saying that Jonas was going to be world champion because you kept saying what you feel Jonas world champion. Like no, I never said that. I said he's I'm, good enough to win. Look, we seen what happened with you and Ben. Okay, I'm just trying to like you know to to hold on to you but before you get too excited and start running away and this all happens again. I'm just looking Jonas, at you. All I did is say Jonas did well, and you can't like the fact that you can't even agree, like give me a yeah he did. Well, that's a he really did good do result. well. No, I'm agreeing with you. He did do really well. That's great. That's all it needed. Okay. Can we move Holding on? Holding off. Um, I don't know. What do you want me to say? Just say what you always say. He was struggling with suspension like crazy. Um, Moto One on Sunday, he sprinted around the site in lap like a little bunny rabbit. Um, obviously, at that point, it was obvious he'd changed something and was testing it out. Rode onto the start line, looked at his mechanics, shook his head, and then the mechanics immediately changed his suspension massively. Um, he's gone to stock forks, I believe, but then people are now telling me I'm dumb, but then I literally had it confirmed that he's gone to stock suspension, but then now some people are saying it's just for tubes and the internals aren't stock. And now... I'm too, I'm tapping out because that's way too technical for me. But as far as the actual fork legs, they were stock, and apparently that's for more flex. But some people are saying what the internals are actually still like the factory fork. I don't know. I don't know. It's way too technical for me. But the actual fork legs were the stock ones. So there's that. Um, searching. I got lost. told. I got sorry to interrupt, Lewis. I got told this. Um, I don't know if it's a wind up, but a writer told me this. He said that, and I might have mentioned this already. Um, I got short term memory loss. But I was told that Koldenhoff um, goes down to the star in, in free practice and, and everything else with two bikes. And he goes out and rides uh, one lap or two laps on e- 
on, on that bike, then comes back, chooses, uh, rides the other bike for a couple laps. And then at that point, he chooses what bike he's going to ride that weekend. So someone said to me, you need to watch it in the next GP. Like, this is what he does. Did you know that? I cannot, I cannot confirm or deny, but um, yeah, he's just lost with Sal at the moment, and that was a big um, that was a big step in the right direction, and you know, it was it was good. It was it was a it was it was a step in the right direction. Fifth overall was kind of lucky. He should have been more like sixth, seventh overall, but it was a step in the right direction. We'll see what it leads to. Um, Aguada is a very unique track. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see whether this continues into anything. Right. Well. I, you know, look, he's got the speed. I mean, did he, I'm just looking at the qualifying race, he had the fastest lap time, didn't he? Literally just tried tearing down Colden, uh, Jonas for winning the qualifying race and now you want to prop up a rider who led for some laps and got passed by the rider you tried tearing down. I'm not here to, to you know. I'm just trying to help you find a level, James. And I'm just trying to help you, like, look at some positives of Colden off. I, have, I said it's good. Step in the right direction. We'll see if it leads to anything. But the fact, the fact remains, he is lost at the moment as far as suspension self goes. Okay. No, I, um, I'm, and I just gave a little bit of insight, which I wasn't sure if you'd known. Um, you cut out at that part, so I don't know if you acknowledged it, but um, check out the next... Yeah, I heard you say hello, and I wondered why you said hello. Because I was talking. I was like, why has he said hello? Yeah, well, well you, you just literally cut out, so I, I didn't um, hear any of it. Good. <laughs> that's good. That's <laughs> um, good. <laughs> So, did you know about that? Like holding off, basically, basically has two has each bike and um, two different settings, and he goes out and tries one, and then he sticks with that one all weekend. No, and I said I, I can either I said I can either confirm or deny. But seeing as you don't remember who told you that, we'll um. Also, I, I do remember, but I can't say who it was. Okay, um, Van Horbeek sixth overall. That was a good result for him. Um, spoken, I spoke to him on Sunday morning. He said that the beta was struggling at altitude. Who knew that Argentina was at altitude? I've never heard that mentioned before. It is, but, but they not massively, is it? They made something on Saturday night that helped it, which was quite impressive. Like, look at beta doing factory team things and making Changes, something to fix change the spark plug. Um, but then that was Sunday morning I spoke to Van Horbeek and at that point it was just starting to get hotter. No, it was after warm-up and at that point it had just started to get hotter so he was like, well, the bike was much better in warm-up but like, I don't know if it getting hotter is going to hurt it again. But I guess not because 6-5 rule was a fine result. Van Horbeek actually said to me, I know I'm not a top rider anymore so this is a fine situation for me. And I was like, well, I, don't, I wouldn't say you're not a top rider anymore. Like You can still finish in the top five, I think. And he proved that, 6-5 rule. So... Yeah, he was super thankful to um, Beta Argentina, which I believe obviously helped him with bikes and stuff like that. For uh, it looks yeah, like I it was a, how a massive effort. That together. Yeah, it looks like it was a huge effort between Beta, um, obviously Italy and, and Argentina. So it looks like they uh, got together to be able to provide the bikes, and so he literally flew over, I guess, had the bikes there, and you know took his parts and whatever else he needed. So, and you know, again, it could be another cost-effective way of, of doing stuff in the future, I guess. If, if you just want to have, if you just want to get points. Uh, Fernandez was fast, but crashes. There we go. That's his MO. Um, I love it. I'm, I'm a Fernandez. I'm, I've been a Fernandez fan for a while, but like, I just, he's just an exciting rider to watch. You just don't know what you're going to get. It's just like massive balls, go big or go home. I love it. Um, quite the post-race podcast presented by Fly Racing with Mitch Evans on Sunday night. Um, very deep. Very intense, very enlightening, very 
emotional, very a lot. I'd encourage you to go and listen to that if you want to really dive into a rider's psyche. Um, because well, he's been was... he's been through so much. Like literally, he, I think the last year is is probably like ten years of everybody else's life. Like the ups and downs, what he's been through uh, emotionally and physically, it's like unreal. Like at one point, I think he was pretty close to just walking away. You know, literally, there was a point in in Australia where he was just like, "I'm over this." So that the fact that he is maybe that's the point why I was trying to trying to make with with him in 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 uh, Jonas was like I understand Jonas has only just got on a bike and you know fatigue and that lot, but like generally Mitch Evans was you know literally was given up. I think that's I think you know that that's it's an amazing that he's gone from that to sort of where he is now. It's possible to give multiple riders props. It doesn't always have to be a competition. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that, um, you know, it's just incredible what he's been through. I am. I never expected the progress to be this rapid. Obviously, Matterley was really bad and even looks worse now that he's done this. I never thought that the progress from one round to the next would be so giant. Um, Like, obviously, I'm guessing now that he's in the top 10, it could plateau a little bit because it's going to get harder to make those huge steps. But um, if he can carry on in the top 10 and keep building until the middle of the year, which was his plan to begin with anyway, then this will be just fine. And you know what? There's been a lot of talk about like Fernandez, HRC looking at Fernandez. Will Fernandez take Mitch's seat at the end of the year? And if I'm HRC, I'm looking at what Mitch has done so far. And I'm already convinced that he deserves another shot next year. Like I think, I think what Mitch has done is absolutely fine. Absolutely perfect. Can't expect more. If anything, he shouldn't be doing as well as he is. And yeah, exciting times. Let's build on this. Worst thing that can happen is he suffers a setback. So Do you know why that doesn't happen? I want to give some props to HRC Honda because I think they we, we criticized them previous years because they were so reliant on um, two riders and one getting injured and then just being down to one. Um, and we said, obviously, you know, that would, would hurt Geyser's chances with not having a teammate and other Honda riders around and so on and so on. Like, they've, they've looked at that and they've adjusted. You know, I think this is a great team lineup, what, what HRC have got. They've got, you know, they, they've got Fernandez, who's going to have those bright, shining moments and some, some crazy moments. But he's a, he's a development rider for that team. He's, he's just going to get better and better and better, like he did in MX2. You've got Mitch who's coming back from injury. We've already seen what he's capable of. And you've got an ever-present, like, um, Geyser. So I think, I think they have a model, which I think would that a lot of other teams should look at because I think having that three riders in GPs with always having that constant presence makes a hell of a difference. I believe Fernandez only got put on a 450 because it was some sort of contractual money thing that he had to be done. Well, it's a smart move. Okay, just that's what I believe. Just, just giving kudos. Um, so a 10th overall, bit of a disaster, but the poor little guy hit his head. Um, doesn't remember anything from Sunday, doesn't remember warm-up, doesn't remember Moto1, and definitely doesn't remember Moto2. So, really? Is that bad? Yeah, the poor little guy. Um, Did you hug him? I saw, I was messaged, I messaged him Monday morning and said, oh, I hope your head's not too bad, blah, blah, blah. Like, standard text. Did he and say, he like, who straight you? Away, we replied, he replied straight away and we were having a conversation, but I kind of got the impression that it wasn't the real Jeremy. <laughs> and then I saw him in the airport that night and I said, oh yeah, you sounded quite rough this morning. And he was like, what? We spoke this morning. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. But he'll, yeah, be, that, he'll be fine. That's not, that's not good. 
He'll be fine. Uh, weekend off will do him favours. Um, he'll be fine. And Portugal will be his 150th MXGP round in a row. Damn. So, I think for Saturdays with Sewer Podcast, I might get a balloon or something. Yeah. 150. I like that. That'd be yeah, cool. That's a big deal. That's a Maybe big get deal. yourself um, a t-shirt. Sewer said that um, the reason he faded to the left over that jump is that was the line and he just simply didn't realise that someone was alongside him. Um, Again, he said that after hitting his head, so maybe, maybe that was that was a fifty percent Jeremy Sewer explanation. <laughs> um, but no, he actually continued. So he actually continued and got up to like thirteenth or whatever, and then randomly pulled in. And apparently, the team was shouting at him like, "Go, keep going! Like you're thirteenth, you'll get points." And apparently, he was just dumbfounded. Like, why? Like, what? What do you mean? And they were like, "Oh wow, okay, do not ride <laughs> <laughs> off the bike." <laughs> yeah. Like, because obviously he got up to thirteenth. He was riding, so from the outside looking in, it looked like he was fine. He was, <laughs> yeah. And then where I mean, I? he was apparently, he was apparently just dumbfounded as to like, why do they want me to keep going? Like, I don't understand. So, um, yeah. Damn, concussion's no joke. Uh, we're, I'm laughing, but concussion is no joke. Yeah, he said that to me in the airport, actually, because I said to him before I left, I was like, oh, well, I'm glad you're in one piece, mate. And he went, no, that's the thing. He was like, everyone looks at me and thinks I'm in one piece. He was like, I'm fucked. And I was like, well, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> It's like yeah. my brain. I'm not in one piece. My brain is in pieces. I was like, yeah, okay, that's true. Yeah. No, a concussion is, uh, yeah, very underestimated. Um, Watson, so Watson tweaked his knee after Mantova. Okay. He couldn't ride as much, I've now found out. Right. Um, so there's that. Basically, Watson needs Fevre to come back, I think, because once Fevre comes back, it will take some of the focus off of him. Fevre, and then also he needs to be able to test a bit more because he's basically riding a, a bike that Fevre finished on last year. So, like, there's not really much progress there or anything to really tailor it to Ben's liking. So but I guess he's got as well. two weeks break, two week break now, so he should be able to get some testing done and, and so well, It's not really a time thing, it's a supply thing because he had two months before round one. It's more of a supply thing and like getting the stuff and everything. Obviously, Kawasaki did have a late start with Ice One. Um, they were going to get Dylan Walsh to fill in. There were conversations about that, but it didn't happen because of um, gear, uh, gear conflicts. Oh, seven. Strybos is pushing for that fill-in seat. Strybos is desperate to race, but so far he's not making much progress. But Strybos is all over Fevre's seat. He wants it bad. And if Strybos is trying to race Portugal, so put it that way. Wow. I love it. Let's get him back. Um, Fevre, so originally Fevre was going to be back for Argentina is what they said. He's going to be a while now. You're looking at probably six weeks until he gets back on a bike. Um, Damn. So that's, long, that's going to be a while. Well, um, well yeah. that's an, it's a no-brainer, hey, Strybos. They, they've got him. They're playing I don't know. He's I, on the team. It's a no-brainer to me. Like I feel like he'd be just as good as Walsh and they were talking to Walsh. Um, He's got no conflicts because he has to wear just one and stuff anyway. Yep. He's testing for the team anyway, so he knows the bike. And having him out there will actually help Ben because he can come in and go to Ben, oh yeah, I just tried this on the bike. Like I'm sure that Strybos wouldn't be a selfish racer if he raced Portugal. I'm sure that in free practice, he'd go out there and ride a bike that might be absolutely shit just to test it and see if it might be better. Like, yeah. And then I'm sure he'll go, come in and go to Ben, oh, don't try that, that was awful. Or he'll go to Ben, fuck me. I just swung for the fences with this and it's actually worked out quite nicely. Like, I feel like it's a no-brainer. And no, it's like, it's you do need another bike on track. Do you know what? It's an absolute no-brainer. I mean, how many other people would be kind of looking at somebody in that, like, who's got that much to offer? 
um, because of injuries. And he's a brilliant film writer. Like if you've got yeah, that, person I feel like there is the... some reluctance. Oh. That's disappointing is because, it? It, like I said, no brainer. And we don't know, we don't know the the ins and outs of it or whatever. But um, hey, if, if he's there, he's on the payroll. Put him on a bike. He might actually, like you say, he might be able to offer even more being able to test and race at the event. So like in where that's where free practice becomes a lot more valuable to the team, I guess, because they've got two bikes out there. They've got Kevin who's, who's developing all this stuff with them and, and training the rider. He, he'll be able to offer way more by actually being on the bike and racing. It's a, it's a good opportunity. I, I'm, I'm all for it. And I think it'll be an interesting story as well. And I think it'll only help Ben. So we, well, one, one person we haven't spoke about much about this year, um, which, which is obviously a shame because he's doing his, he's, he's doing really well. It's, it's Jordy Tixier. I mean, for the last couple of years, he's had injuries and, you know, he's kind of like faded down. But he's looked really strong this year. What, again, decent qualifying race in Argentina. Um, you know, 10th just behind Van Horbeek. Did you get a chance to yeah. speak to him? No, I just feel like, he, yeah, but I feel like Tixier's just out there and he just does what he does. Like, He's on a privateer. He's doing what he does. He's at the end of his career, just doing what he just ticking those boxes. Really, Don't really, much more to say. Oh my god, yes. that's kind of super negative. No, I just feel like there's not, it's not, there's not much to say. Like he's kind of just ticking the boxes. I don't know if like scoring two ninths no, is ticking, not the, ticking the boxes, but like he's yeah, he's going out there and he's doing his best and happy days. Like but yeah. he's a privateer and he's got to Argentina. Yeah, well, I'm surprised he went to be honest. I texted him last week as well and said, are you really going to Argentina? Oh, he must be a real fan of you. I like Tix, yeah. I'm not saying, I didn't say anything bad. <laughs> I'm just saying that I feel like he's, like, he's just... I like him like, too. He's a good guy. I, I, I just don't think he gets the, the kudos. He's, he's still fast. He's still smashing it. He's putting in top tens in the MXGP. I just don't think he's getting a lot of, you know, appreciation. Um... Also, speaking of texting riders and asking whether they're going to Argentina, that was where I was at with Jonas. I texted him on Wednesday and said, are you actually going? And he literally replied with, yeah, I'm going to go. It's not going to be easy, but I'll give it a shot. So considering that was the expectation level, what he did is amazing. Um, you should probably start Olsen, with that. Olsen hit his head as well uh, in the sewer crash, but not as bad. Definitely not as bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely not as bad. Um, but he also DNF. But Olsen is also riding very well. He's much happier at Diga. He said that he actually felt shit all off-season. And then randomly, when he got to the first race, things started clicking. And he said his main focus point was uh, working on suspension. Um, He's been... I've, I've been really impressed with him. Uh, like yeah, I said to him straight up, I said to him straight up, I'll be honest, I've been, I was really critical of you last year because I just didn't feel like there was any flash or anything exciting. And he agreed with me. Hmm. Also... Talking of people agreeing with me, my EMX 250 idea. Oh, people God, are on board. Don't, don't tell people me it's got traction. Teams are on board. What? Yeah, the, the, I spoke to three teams and they all said, you know what, that's a good idea. Right, so, so for, for those who may not have listened to the last couple of weeks' podcasts, please explain your idea again. Let, let's, let, just, just do it. Let me, let me listen to it once more. Get rid of EMX 250, EMX 125, age cap of 19, which is quite late, so you're giving guys a long time on a 125. If they need it, if top guys won't, 
Scrappy MX250 funnel the talent straight into MX2. As you can see in Argentina, 27 MXGP riders, so that's fine. It's MX2 that's hurting. Funnel the riders straight into MX2. Elzinger, Bonacorsi, all of those riders are more than good enough for MX2 right now. They don't need to be fucking around in a support class. Take away EMX250 and then maybe a team like Hutton Metal still operates in that support role. But instead of, they don't, from the start, it's known they're not doing flyaways, but maybe they just do every European GP with rookies, Elzinger and Bonacorsi, to take some of the pressure off. But they're still in the Yamaha family. They're still doing a full MX2. They're still getting the support. But they're not doing the full championship just to take some of that pressure off a little bit. And there's, so there's still ways to like construct this. And then that'd be another MX2 team, another two MX2 riders. You can't tell me that Elzinger would not be around the top 10 in MX2. Why is See, he in the MX250? The same with a lot of guys. Remove the MX250, funnel the talent straight into MX2, bolster that class up because the age rule is already giving MXGP a boost. Getting rid of the MX250 would boost MX2 as well. Happy days. Everyone's happy. It would make teams more kind to the riders because they'd be like, you know what? There's no MX250 place for you to land. So let's give you time. Let's help you. This is a big step. Happy days. Simon Lagenfeld is bloody smashing it. He skipped the MX250 and so was Kai Castmakers. Right. So in order to make this a success, I, I kind of, I, I hate to like turn around now and say I agree with you because that would just make you feel better and it would not... I have another better. idea. Do you want another idea? No, I, I, one thing, let, let, before you go on to your other idea, let's, let's talk about this one because I, what I, one thing you said to me, which I do actually agree with, is development teams. And I really like that idea. I like, because in Formula One, obviously Red Bull have got the, their, their second, which was, I can't remember what it's called now off the top of my head, um, where, where they have like, a, is, it, is it Pierre Gasly and... Um, AlphaTauri. Oh, yeah, so um, AlphaTauri, isn't it? I don't know, James. Fuck okay. me. I've just given you an F1 answer. You should be grateful you got that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Lewis. Um, but I like that idea. I like... I, yeah, Hutton Metal and MX2 having two riders like Bonacorsi who's like, do you know what, guys? Uh, if you get top 15, fantastic. Well done. If you get top 20, great. You know, that's what yeah, and you know what? We're not going to Argentina. We're just going to focus on these European events that you know. Yeah. And then when you make the big time and, it, and the MX2 team's ready for you, then you can go to overseas. Right. And so, so the other thing I like about this is that you're then giving those development riders possibly 15, 16 rounds to race in instead of the usual eight. Um, and they're good enough. And you can't tell me that Elzinger, Elzinger, who won the MX250 class at Mantova, you can't tell me that he wouldn't have gained more as a rider by finishing 11 no, in MX2 that to, day. I've just worked out, right? It's only taken... genius? No, no. Um, it's, it's 97 shows, and I've just literally nailed it, that some of your ideas are good, it's just how you explain them. I'm a fucking genius. mentalist. Um, but I, I do, I'm, I'm on board with that. If you had the development team, and I think if you are a, a development team, and I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me right now because I'm talking on a microphone and there's no video. But if you're a development team, then I think they re reduce the entry fee down to 300 euros. Well, here's my other idea. If you're really married to the EMX 250 idea and you really don't want to get rid of it, how about we have an EMX 250 North, which is four rounds in the north of Europe, uh, UK, France, Belgium, whatever, and then EMX 250 South, which is Italy, France, uh, 
Italy, bottom of France, Portugal, Spain, whatever. Um, four rounds each, and then you have a showdown at the end, <gasps> basically copying the 250 model in America. <sighs> and then the riders who were doing the Poxy North Championship would wildcard in MX2 in the South and vice versa, which oh. would again make people move into MX2 quicker. And also, you know what? People like Elzinger would go, you know what? Why the fuck am I going to do a four-round EMX 250 North Championship? Because you're going to face Let me go to MX2. I like it. I fucking like it. There's a bit of a mechanism in there. That would make the EMX 250 class more of a development class because then it's more affordable to the really poor people because it's only four rounds rather than whatever it is, 10. Fucking hell. I like that one. Yeah, I'm quite good, didn't I? Yeah, the one two five was a slow burner. Mate, but what about if you could do both? No, honestly, what about if you could do both? So you have the one two no. five up to what do you mean no? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just being argumentative. I like it though. One two five up to nineteen, and then you had a two fifty north and two fifty south. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wasn't saying EMX 250 North and South to replace 125s. I was saying if you want to keep EMX 250 in some form, you can keep it like that. But let's be honest, a team like uh, a rider like Elzinger probably is going to look at EMX 250 North and go, you know what? I'm too good for a four round championship. I'm just going to go into MX2. So it would, so that would still speed up the process of getting the good, good riders into MX2 quicker rather than letting them fuck around in EMX 250. Because yeah. really, I don't think you should be spending more than a year in EMX 250. I really don't. Like, I'm not being funny, right? Now that I think about this, I'm not being funny. But last year, Elzinger finished third in the EMX 250 championship and he raced out uh, two rounds of the outdoors in America in the 250s. Why is he still in EMX 250? It's got to be a support thing. He's, he's not had the ride. Exactly. So you remove EMX 250 and suddenly there's more support in MX2 because these teams are like, well, you know what? We can do something in MX2. Yeah, but they can't do anything in MX2 because... Of the- <laughs> It's 10 grand per rider, Lewis, for a rider just to ride in MX2. Even if you yeah, just we, done Europeans. £10,000. Yeah, That's £20,000 for two riders before you've even put petrol or even bought a bike or anything. This is what yeah, I'm you, saying. You, it's, can, yeah, but if you're an MX2 team, you're going to get more support. If you're an MX2 team, you're going to get paid more money from sponsors than being an EMX250 team. That is also logical. No, I, I get you. But... I, I think Ustream, right? I say, sorry, not Ustream. I say in front, right? I, I think that they're at a crossroads and they've even now got to literally reduce the entry fee and bring in prize money or there's, and there has to be some... Actually, while we're at it, can we please talk about why in America you get a contingency fund and why in Europe or in this World Series there's no contingency fund? Well, I guess it's because the contingency comes from the Amer- Kawasaki America, and why we're and like so, like I ag- I agree that Kawasaki UK should offer contingency for the British GP, but it's a problem of who the hell pays. Um, but this is another thing. Everyone bashes on in front, but there are other people dropping the ball here. There are no, other there issues are. here. There are because it, why can they? Why can they run? Literally, if you, if you, I'd love to know the fact, like the figures and the facts of how many bikes they sell in, in North America and how many bikes they sell in the rest of the world compared. Because why are those manufacturers, which already put a contingency fund available, why can they not put contingency fund in for national championships and world championships? So please, please, someone explain to me, hit me up on Twitter, send me an email or whatever. Please educate me because 
I don't get this. Okay, I'm bored. That is the end of part one of the MX Vice Show, episode 97. Um, thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. That was part one, and part one is, of course, presented by Fly Racing, who have redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. That's the end of part one. We will be back in five minutes with more Argentina talk. Thanks for listening. See you in a bit. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Brox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 97 of the MX Vice Show podcast. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts for Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour New Trition. This is part two, and part two is presented by our friends at Scott Sports. The Prospect Goggle from Scott Sports is a culmination of over 50 years of experience producing goggles for the off-road and MX market. Used by an ever-growing list of champions, the Prospect Goggle has everything you need to ensure your vision is the best that it can be. With perfected features such as the no-sweat face foam, a maximum field of vision, the Scott Lenslock system, articulating outriggers, and more, the super stylish Prospect Goggle has been engineered to defend your vision, no matter how extreme the conditions get. When the mud starts spraying, simply install the 50mm works film system and have an instant advantage over the competition. The Prospect is now available with standard, light-sensitive, and the new amplifier lens options. Amplifier-injected lenses provide improved definition and optical clarity, 
allowing you to see contours and transitions in the dirt like never before. Get yours now at your local dealer or online at scott-sports.com. Thank you to Scott Sports for sponsoring this podcast very much. Much appreciated. Stoked to be associated with a company that won VMX2 class at the weekend with Tom Biao. Funny enough, uh, Lewis, I spoke to uh, quite a few riders um, about Scott Goggles, and uh, the prospect is one of the best goggles that they've ever used, just because of just the the amount that they can see, like how wide the goggle is, um, fits nicely with a helmet, super comfy, and also um, the ability to keep sweat off the face. So... um, yeah, interesting that so many people rate that goggle so highly. Scott and Sports. also, yeah, Scott Sports, and also sold at uh, Even Strokes. Okay. Um, so, hold on a minute. What have I done here? I've got myself in a right old kerfuffle. You got your leads twisted up. So, three winners, three rounds in MX2. That's good. That's exciting. We like that. I, we 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 kind of said that MX2 was going to be the one this year, and I think it's really living up to its, uh, you know, what we've built up to, towards. Okay, let's not go that far. Jesus, I mean, I think it's Blackham. cool as you like. What what are you saying? Apart from Lagenfeld winning round one, it's kind of been exactly what you would have expected. Ah, I don't know. I, I don't know, mate. Um, but you know, Gertz oh, is, God, is I'm not your fucking mate. Gee, that's a bit aggressive. Masturbate, my like friend. You. Masturbate. <laughs> Didn't like you calling me mate. Um, oh, sorry, yeah. Um, Tom Vial won. It, I imagine this was quite a big pressure off win because obviously everyone expects him to win every week. Um, so I imagine getting it done is quite a nice feeling, a bit of relief and maybe take some pressure off moving forward so that maybe um, maybe this starts a little bit of a run. Was Gertz a better rider in Argentina? Maybe. Yeah, I, 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 I'm really impressed with him this year. I'm impressed by his composure and his um, lack of mistakes and just how he seems very planted on the bike. Yeah, ag- agreed. It, it definitely, something's changed over the winter period. Um, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, it'd be really good to sort of dig deep and, and, and find out a little bit. But um, I don't think it's possible to dig deep with Yago. <laughs> I think uh, maybe it's a concentration-focused thing, but um, he definitely... Uh, definitely looks a better rider than previous years. And it might have been that he's made a 0.1% change, but that change is what what was required. And it's, I don't know, it just just looks really good this year. And obviously proved it because um, uh, he's obviously 26 points in front. Did you see Vial's little line before the waves? No. Oh, I can't explain it because it's hard to explain, but it's going around social media and it was very cool. Okay. Figure this on Tom Vial's Instagram story in a moment, maybe. Still. Um, but yeah, okay, yeah that was slower. That, that, proved, that proved to be slower anyway, but still cool and stood out to me from the weekend. Um, who's your pick for the championship? Um, Lagenfelder had... Uh, sorry. Uh, Lengenfelder had... Um, no, 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 no. I did something with Simon at the weekend, a bit of content, and he had to say his own name. And he said, hi guys, this is Simon Lagenfelder. And I literally was like, well, fuck me. Did you say, I'm sorry, but you've got your name wrong? No, I just, like, I just was like, he literally, he did, I swear on my life, he did not, you know what? Hold on, wait, let me think about this. 
Okay, hold oh, on. Wait. Whilst you're doing that, I will um, say what I'm going to say. Uh, he's been pretty beaten up. We see, we've seen some fantastic uh, movements from him, some rides this year. Um, he is pretty beaten up at the moment. So I'm not looking at that Argentina result and, and worrying. I think he will be there or thereabouts at the end of the year. I do not think this is a two-horse race. Um, I do believe that uh, uh, Simon... Uh, until you correct me on the surname, is still in this. Um, I do think it's going to be down to the three of them now. You know, um, that the result for Kaido Wolf really hurt him. Um, obviously, the weekend. Yes, he will bounce back. Yes, other people will have uh, an issue. You can say that Vial's already sort of dropped one race. Still a long year. Um, Maybe yeah, maybe we 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 add him in. Uh, I reckon it's down to four. I reckon it's down to four already. But who's the fourth? I think the top three, and then we we still we still uh, add Kaido Wolf into this. I still think he's uh, missed around. Sorry, he's missed around now. Well, it's, I mean, he scored four points. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, I think the others are going to drop. You know, bits and pieces. You know. Throughout the year, so I don't. I'm not going to rule him out after three rounds, um, but Harrop, you know, I I got told this in Matley, and I was like, okay, James, 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 hold your horses, please hold. Okay, ready? Yeah, let's do it. Hold. On. Oh, hello. Well, hold on. Was there no sound? Um, oh. You tell me. Please tell me. That? Check sign. No. Hmm. Oh dear. Talking. Okay, okay, I'll keep talking. So, um, Harrop was the guy who has really, really surprised me this year. I, I, I got told this was going to happen, but kind of, you know, didn't think. And, and there is a little, a few little things behind this about why he's doing so well. Um, but he's looking really, really good. And I, I just Quite think, ready? yeah, okay. Interrupt me again. Hey guys, it's Simon Lang. Hey guys, it's Simon Langfelder. Lang? He's saying Lang. Yeah, but still, not Langenfelder. Ready? Hey guys, it's Simon Langfelder. Only 20 days and... So he's not even pronouncing the other N as well. So it's la, la, Hey guys, it's Simon Langfelder. Simon... Hey guys, it's Simon Langfelder. People give it... People just trying to tear me down. Okay, all right, calm down. You're very. Do you know what? You're really aggressive today. Is I'm it? Is, very good morning. <laughs> yeah, if I tell you what's happened this morning, I, I'm actually not going to tell you what happened this morning. Oh, okay. But it, <laughs> I've been shouted at twice already. <laughs> oh, I was going to say you're, you're you're very aggressive, um, which is not good. An aggressive um, Lewis no. is not good. Is not is not good. Um, right. Okay. So I'm glad we cleared up the name, but yeah. I've seen enough for him. Let's go back to the original question. It, yes, it, I, I still think there's four people in this um, this this title race. What are you saying? That actually wasn't that actually wasn't a question. I asked who you were going who's going to win the championship. <laughs> at this at this point, your bets are, or your money's got to be on Gertz because just whatever he's done in the off season, he's 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 managed to find that missing piece to the puzzle. Which was a puzzle. Which I, all I still go. Understand. I still go VL, but I'm edging closer to Gertz than I was. Yeah, um, VL's doing nothing wrong. It's just the fact that Gertz is able to 
to hunt him down and stay in front. That's that's the the difference. What I'm I've kind of I've been seeing this year. So Harrop is pra- Harrop is not practicing on a bike similar to his race bike. So that's something that he's trying to work on at the moment to fix him with Dixon because he believes that once he can practice on something similar to his race bike, he will be much better because he says that um, there's quite a lot of adjustment to the race bike power on Saturday, and it does take him it does throw him for a bit of a loop. Um, so he thinks that if he can practice consistently on the same bike, then he'll be even better. That's good. Um... Adamo. Guadagnini. Good. Okay, well, I don't know why you just skipped down the order. Guadagnini um, figured out that the rider who rode his bike at the first two rounds was Rattier. <laughs> <laughs> his funny cousin guy. Rattier was right. What? I said funny guy. Well, James, glad you said that because that was my joke to him. Right. Um, so thank you for calling me funny, which you definitely didn't want to do, and you just uh, I didn't. About I, I want to say that Instagram clip, what uh, MX Vice caught, um, Sean caught, or where's I'm not sure which one, but holy shit of of basically him jumping the weekend. That was phenomenal. That was so cool. He's so stylish on a bike. Yeah, he looks a bit like the, I've, I've, I'm beginning to think. Should Guadagnini be on a four fifty? He's big, isn't he? Because if you if you look at the class now, he is a giant amongst he's massive, non-giants. Yeah, because like yeah, beaten he's them, huge. beaten, beaten Watson, Olsen, um, they were all big, but they've obviously gone. So now Guadagnini really stands out. And yes, I know I'd probably say his name wrong, but try. Yeah. Hold on. Actually, we can sort that as well. I've got <laughs> I've, I've got the same thing of him. Hold on. Uh, I I don't know if this is like maybe you should like sort of you know kind of. Prep this before you do it. I'm done. I've figured out the settings now. Right, ready? Yeah. Hi. Hi, it's Matteo Guadagnini here. I hope. Uh... Guadagnini. Guadagnini. <laughs> that still doesn't help. He said it so fast that I couldn't even keep he up. Said, no, he said Guadagnini. So it's just Gu- you, leave, you drop the G. Guadagnini. Guadagnini. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, Conrad was fifth. I actually wanted to talk to Conrad because he was not good in the qualifying race on Saturday. You said to me that you spent a lot of time with riders and everything else, and then yeah. there's two riders which you've not spoken to so far. No, I spoke to Conrad, but not in depth. He was leaving as I spoke to him. I just spoke to him quickly. But I wanted to speak to him properly because I wanted to find out because he wasn't so good on Saturday in the qualifying race and was so much better on Sunday that something had to have changed. But I'm not sure what that would be. Hmm. Because it was a drastic difference. But still, fifth overall is a good good result for him. Um, and definitely definitely uh, makes the money he spent to go as a privateer worthwhile, I would think. Yeah. But I would say now the pressure is on because this class is weak now. So Conrad needs to get on the podium because there's absolutely no reason why Conrad cannot be on the podium in this class. Did you hear that, Conrad? What? What you just said. Just Yeah, good, isn't it? Yeah, look at you being all motivational. I like that. Oh, good. Um, Adamo hit his head on Saturday in a qualifying race, but obviously it was nothing too bad. It's, um, hang on a minute. It's like, it's like you're bipolar today. I'm very why? confused. Why? Because you're like the opposite to what you were on the last week's show. I don't know if I'm coming or going. Mitch told me that I need to spread love more, so here I am. I don't think we, you need to keep that in your pants. Mitch told me that I need to spread love to everyone. So here I am, everyone. Okay. Have I said anything negative this show? Mm, 
No, that's what, that's what I mean. Like, maybe you're concussed. My new favourite person, Jeremy Sado, who likes me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anybody, so anybody who likes you, you automatically, they're your best friend. No, I wanted to interview him. I've never interviewed him before, and I wanted to because obviously um, last year I was quite passionate that he shouldn't have been put down to EMX 250. Like, I genuinely believe he belongs in MX2. So yeah. I wanted to talk to him because now he's got the shot with Diga as a film rider. I feel like he's making the most of it. I feel like he's proven that he does indeed belong in MX2. Um, I'm interested because Liam Evans has to be back at some point soon, I would imagine, maybe a month. And at that point, the RAF's motorsports team that he was on have said that he can go back no problem. He's actually still living in an apartment in the workshop. But I'm wondering if Diga would add a second 250 for him or if now he could fill in for Mostike on Nastan. Because I didn't think there were many good options in MX2 fill-in. But then if I'm Nastan, I think I'd look at Sado because he can put the bike in the top 10. Yeah, I think that's a strong, strong uh, move. I, I yeah I, I, again I don't know what's happened today. Um, maybe I don't know. Was there five full moons in a row or something? Maybe we should just stop the podcast now because people are just going to get bored of this shit. What? Do you want me to be, wait, hold on. Let me think of something. Hold on. Let me think of something to piss me off. No, no, because you've already been brutally aggressive. So we've only just got you You're out. Telling of... me that I've been good though. Yeah, no, we're not arguing. Oh, oh. Like I don't Fuck get me. this. I can. I can... To be honest, I'm trying to steer clear of you at the moment because all you do is fuck me off. So I'm trying to steer clear of everything you do so that I don't have any reasons to argue with you because it's tiring. And there he is. Oh, my favorite... <laughs> my favorite moment from the weekend. I meant to bring this up on the podcast. My favorite moment was when a factory rider said, oh, okay, I can't even... A factory rider stopped me and went, oh, is your assistant here this weekend? And I went, what? <laughs> and they went, you know, you're a sister. And I went, I don't have an assistant. And they went, yeah, the guy who went to the first two GPs. Fucking I was brilliant. Like, I was like, oh my God. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Because that is some prime, prime content for me. Fucking brilliant. That must have been Simon. No. no. Mattia? No. Oh. I'm not going to reveal who it was. Um, yeah, uh, Simon actually, uh, he was actually really beat up after that crash in the first moto. Um, he, he's had some he, bad ones this year. He, yeah, he's, he said his goal for Portugal is just to not be in pain. But he actually went to the medical center between motos because he was that banged up that he had to check nothing was broken. I didn't actually realize the crash was that bad. Obviously, they caught the beginning of it on TV, but they didn't catch the actual like dismount or the actual landing. And it must have been quite brutal for him to be that beat up because, he, yeah, he said he was in a lot of pain. But um, there we go. Um, Hawkeye was good. Results don't show how good he was. He was really good in the first lap of the qualifying race. Super fast as well. He looked, looked so speed. good on TV. Had top three speed, but there you go. Shit happens. Um, Fredrickson was kind of off a lot and kind of, I felt sorry for him because he was kind of like a little bit in, um, a little bit in no man's land, you could say. Um, like kind of not fast enough to hit to catch the regulars, but then too fast for the locals. So he was kind of just riding around by himself. And I'd imagine it must have been quite a tough mental experience for him because mm. um, I, obviously he doesn't deserve to be in last, but he was technically in last. And like I, I kind of felt sorry for him because as a man who's spent many of his years in last place, I kind of know how that feels. Um, um, going, going back to Horigmo, 
I think he's just going to get better and better throughout the year. He, he, I, I see him in a top top four or five at the end of the year. What, what do you think? Uh... I don't think his results have been of. I think he's the the pace he's shown. I, I just think that the results haven't given what he's done so far justice. Do you know what I mean? It's it. I I just think that he's going to get so much more, be- you know, so much better throughout the year. Um, put it this way: this year, Harrop's already got a podium. Guadagnini will get on the podium. Lagenfeld's already got on. Hogan will get on the podium. Gifting will get on the podium. Um, let's see who else. Rubini, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, fuck. This class is weak. Like seriously, and who was missing? Not to bring everyone down, but Jesus. Like I'm looking at his list, and I'm like, well, everyone can have a podium. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a podium. You can have a podium. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, uh, injury-wise, so Gifting broke his collarbone, could be back soon, depending on, I need to catch up with him, but I think, like, I guess if it gets plated, like, today, then maybe he could be back quite soon, but obviously, Hitachi now have no riders, because um, Kai Carsmakers is out with a broken scaphoid as well, or a fractured scaphoid. Um, so, Gifting broke his collarbone, DeWolf knocked himself out quite bad, but other than that, he is actually fine, he's been, a, been to see a specialist now, Um he is fine, and although it's not definite whether he'll be able to race in Portugal, he certainly won't be out for a while. His concussion was quite bad. but So, not definite that he'll be able to be in Portugal, but there is a chance, I guess, which is like, you know, that's something, considering how poor uh, the situation looked on Sunday evening. Uh, most Ike has seen a specialist. He is worse than before. So, whereas DeWolf is better, um, it's not great for Rowan. Like, obviously, he's going to be fine, but like, he's got he's got a list of injuries and he'll, I can't say what it is yet because the person who writes for press release for the team and the manufacturer has dropped the ball quite a lot and is actually not written the press release yet announcing that. So I don't know when he's going to do that, um, which means I can't say it yet because I have no confidence in when that will actually get done. So, but uh, most I will be out for maybe the rest of the year. Um, certainly a while. Um, Fischetti broke or fractured his wrist and some ribs. He was the reason for the red flag in the second race. He'll be fine. Uh, I'd imagine he'll be back in a month or so. Uh, Brian Bogus dislocated his shoulder, but said it actually felt quite good. One day later, he said it felt probably as best as he could imagine. He wants to see a specialist. Now he's back in Europe to check. There was no internal damage, but he said, as far as he can tell, it feels amazing. So maybe he will be back quicker than we thought as well. Um, Olsen hit his head, Sewer hit their head. They should both be back in Portugal, no problem. Adamo had a dinger on Saturday, but obviously race Sunday, so he's fine. Uh, Fevre will be out for another six weeks or so, so he's out for, or until he even starts riding, so he's going to be gone for a while. And Hurlings, I'm hearing things which are confusing me. I, but if, everything is going well with the injury, everything is going to plan, but I'm now hearing things which I'm like, huh. Well, I got told a couple of weeks ago that something was happening, but that person was sworn to secrecy and couldn't tell me. I and quite, always happening. And quite rightly, no, there was something, something I feel like, yeah, I feel like we, we do this song and dance every year. But anyway, that is MX2. Should we move on to some questions? Let's do it. Also, just like to congratulate, well, before we do that, congratulations to 
Tom Vial and Tim Geyser, who entered the winning world of Rentful at weekend. The winning brand in manufacturing and design for the last half century, Rentful also continues to lead the world at the very top level of the sport. Amassing more championship titles than all competing brands combined, Rentful's records are unsurpassable with 238 US titles and 232 world titles for 470 major championship titles combined. I can guarantee they're going to add two more world titles this year, that's for sure. Thanks to the hard work and dedication to detail, the Rentful factory has been helping world-class riders achieve their championship goals since the beginning in 1969. Rentful are the undoubted leader in their category, as proven by the many, many, many rentful bars that were on the starting line in Argentina and at every other round. Question time. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve year after year. The 2022 year is now available worldwide and there are many lines for you to consider. The 3.5 ride kit, an affordable combo. The 4.5 jersey and pants, the 4.5 enduro jersey and pants, and the 5.5 jersey and pants. There is so much to consider. There is an advanced range of moto helmets for 2022 too, including the 9.5 carbon, 8.5 composite, 7.5 and 3.5. Liat helmets are available in a broad range of striking colors to suit all tastes. The 9.5, 8.5, and 7.5 helmets also come with a free pair of bulletproof velocity goggles. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com now. Thanks to Liat for sponsoring this regular segment where we get to talk to you, the people, and field your questions after being at the races. Question one. Ryan MX37, what's the story behind Paul Malin calling MX Vice for Spice Boys? Yeah, I hear he did this on TV. Um, I don't know. Paul says stuff. So Spicy. What? Spicy. What? Why are you saying that? Did you just say the Spice Boys? Yeah, that's what Paul called us on TV. So I said spicy. Oh, okay. Thanks for that input. <laughs> I don't know why you needed me to explain it. I don't know. It just was a random word for you to throw out there with no, like, nothing, like, just... Okay, like, I'll break it down for you, Lewis. Maybe he thinks that you and Sean are hot. Spicy, it's like, um, hot. It's like, yeah. it's like going, it's like me, it's like you talking about Tim Geyser and then me going fast. It's like, okay, okay, thanks. But I just had to explain it to you, but carry on. Okay. At Lucas underscore official point 11, is the championship over? Christ, we're really at that point. No. We've seen in previous years anything can happen. We're, you know, we're, we've been caught up in this a little bit by you know, talking about how great Geyser is in, in you know, the turn of Gertz in Viau in uh, Langenfelder is that a bad, bad result. And, and so is Kaida Wolf. But look, it's far from over. We've seen this in previous years. Um, yeah, it's, it's just what's happening at the moment and, and that's all we can talk about. We don't know what's going to happen. It's, you know, any, anything can happen, but it's, all we can say is that the, 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 the favours are stacked against um, the people that we're talking about at the moment, but far from over. True that. I do feel like something needs to happen. Like we've had the same podium in MXGP two rounds in a row. Like I need to see a shake-up quite drastically to really like turn this thing on its head because I feel like everyone does feel it's a little predictable at the moment. Well, the, uh, I, I, I fully expected Jeremy to seize the opportunity this year. Um, well, the poor little guy hit his head, James. Exactly. And that, and that worries me now because that 
the concussion could last not just for one race. That concussion could be haunting him now for the rest of the year. So we don't actually know how what the recovery time is going to be. Like uh, people underestimate how how tough a concussion uh, can be on the on the on your well being. So that kind of saddens saddens me a little bit because I fully expected him to come out this year in uh, in fight for that title. So um, that's a real shame. I think that would have been the one he would have been the one to have really kind of like taken it to Geyser. But uh, hopefully Prado can can uh, turn it around in Portugal. Like you say, if he goes one one, then we're talking again something different. Did you like his gear, Sua? Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. I sent you a message and said, "Get me a shirt." Like no, you didn't. I did. Stephanie didn't. I 100% sent you a shirt. I sent you a message and said, ask Jeremy for a shirt for MX Vice HQ. Because he only is it he only had three and they are fucking amazing. Literally, that is the best shirt like ever. Hands down. Yeah. Argentina um, football team. Fucking brilliant. Tribute to Maladonna. Yeah, like literally. Uh, that's one thing I really admire about him is 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 just his creativeness and always trying to be a little bit different. Like I like that. He's as passionate know, about being creative and different as he is uh, like uh, about motocross and being on the bike. I know what his next custom gear is, and it's quite cool. I'm more excited about that. Okay, that's that's good. Good to know for the rest something, of us because something very something that I've never seen that I've not seen anyone wear anything like it before. Cool. Like it's going to stand out. Fuck me, it's going to stand out. That's great. No, no, it's he really... custom boots as well this time, whereas he was wearing white boots in uh, Argentina. This one even includes custom boots. Yeah, I think it's what... I think the, the kit, what he wore, resonates with way more people than Murkross. Well, not to me, because I don't really know what it means. But No, but okay. At Tercera Manga, will this be a year with few drivers on the grid like the Grand Prix in Argentina? See, this is the problem I'm worried about now. I can't really... If I look at this MX2 list, who is really missing? I think there is quite a few missing. Okay, your Edbergs. Okay, hold on. Let me pull up the Mantova results. Let's see here. Pankar was missing. 11th, Polak, 14th. Ruman, 16th. Edberg, Meyer, Ludwig, Haberland, Christoph, Olsen, Nilsson. So basically, there were 25 riders in MX2 in Mantova. Now we've lost. We've lost quite a few to injury. So we've far, lost we? gifting. Mm-hmm. We've lost gifting now. We've lost Mostite. We've lost Fischetti. Yeah, cars makers. How far as away is cars makers? We've maybe lost a wolf. Cars makers may still not be back. I believe there's another one as well. So basically, like, I'm, I think that there's a chance we could have twenty riders on the line in Portugal or less. I really do. Mm. It's just a rough, rough time at the moment with injuries. A rough, rough time. I guess it's ebbs and flows, isn't it? We we seen like last year where we were talking about how the whole age thing is is worked, and we've had the best MXGP championship, and then we get to this year, and it's like, wow, MX two struggling. So it is ebbs and flows. It's, it all depends on what quality of of um, of talents coming through. But also, like I'm I'm going to say it, and, and it's boring as hell, but we are going through recession. It's freaking hard to get money at the moment. So everybody's struggling. They might not want to admit it. You know, the rising costs, the war going on, everything else. Like this is going to have an adverse effect on this championship this year. You know, there, there isn't going to be the numbers on, on, the, on the line. And it is going to come down to one thing, which is money. Not only but, that, we're also going through a bit of a recession as far as talent goes in Europe. 
we haven't got that strong a uh, injection of talent at the moment. So that's also having an impact. I think I think there's there's just this little gap now. Like you look at the junior worlds and um, you look at what's coming through, and there's there's a it's stacked with the amount of talent what's coming through. But I think that's going to be about another three or four years. So um, there's going to be, again, we're going to have ebbs and flows of EMX 125s coming through, but this whole uh, EMX 65, 85, that, that generation of kids coming through, they are fast. So um, I think it's going to be good for the future. I just think we're going to have a few years now where it's, we're going to get times like this. At Braden underscore 212, are Yamaha and KTM seen as more equal in MX2 now, if not maybe leaning towards Blue Crew? Um, nah. So Gertz is on a star engine, just to make that very clear for everyone. And when actually, that's a point. In Portugal, Benestant will be back. So the class will get a bit uh, okay, of... Okay, yeah. So, I mean, he's not even appeared this year. So that's huge. Um, and when Beniston comes back, he will also be on a star engine. So they are on star bikes, essentially, which is why they're so good and why they're such a step yeah. up from where they were three years ago or whatever. We, we, lost, um, we lost Hoffer as well. So that would have been another massive talent this year. He, he, he would have been podium in this year and, you know, going for wins. Um, yeah, uh, the Yamaha's definitely bridged for gap, I would say. Are they equal? Maybe I would go equal-ish. I'd say that the KTM's probably still a tad ahead, but for the most part, yeah, they're probably quite equal. I wouldn't say the Yamaha's ahead, though. I wouldn't say that. But the Yamaha is definitely, like, for instance, um, when Ben won his GPs, I believe he was on a Rinaldi engine, not a Star engine. So I think, and like last year, Beniston was on a Rinaldi engine and not a Star engine. And you could see the difference between those riders and the riders on the Star bikes, as opposed to, like, on starts and stuff, which kind of is a nice example of how good those bikes are compared to what was being run before. Um, at MX fan Matt 290 is the future of MXGP having 17 riders on the gate. No, we're just in a bad, sh- shitty situation at the moment with injuries. We are in a bad, bad situation with injuries. Like, uh, you know what? We'll, we'll outline it like this. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, right. 31 riders on the line in Majora last year um, for MXGP. Brand free? Yeah. Um, Karoli's retired. Lupino will be back. He, did, he just didn't go to Argentina to work on the bike. Fever is injured. Stribos is retired. Simpson is retired. Tonus is retired. Cloche is out of MXGP. Monticelli's retired. Bog- uh, <laughs> injured. Monticelli is injured. Bogus is now <laughs> injured. Um, Bailaikov can't race because he's Russian. Sterry has lost MXGP. Nathan Watson has lost MXGP. Point being, like, we're kind of just, it's kind of been like a perfect storm of people retiring and then people losing MXGP and then people getting injured. Like, not on that list is Chervelin, who's also injured. Uh, Patrell, who's also injured. Um, yeah, the list, is, the list is endless, unfortunately. The list reads, the injured yeah. list reads like we're at the end of the season. You hit the nail on head, perfect storm. And that's, that's what it's down to with everything at the moment. It's just all here at the same time. And it's, you know, I, I'm saying that, you know, it's not good enough and da, 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 but there's only so many things that you can, um, you can be in control of. And half of these things you've just mentioned, people are out of control. <laughs> you know, it's out of, out of their control. Um, so I, I, I do think when you kind of spell it out, I am being a little bit harsh. Um, to in front and stuff like that. There, yes, I, I genuinely put put very little of the blame, quote unquote, on in front. 
No, I, I know they've got costs. They're trying to run it. I think, I think if Infront said we will cover all of your costs, I think if Infront said we will pay for the bikes, everything to get to Argentina, cover everything, all you need to do is book a flight, I think we would not see that many more riders turn up. No, we'd, we would Because probably... I think the issue is, I don't think the issue is the cost. I think the issue is, eh, what's the point in getting free flights and traveling for two days to f- maybe finish outside of the points? Uh, what's the point? I think that's the mentality. I think that's the problem. Yeah, but I, I, I disagree now because I would look at this as a team like a Geben. Uh, not really a Geben because they score more championship points anyway, but I'd look at this as a as somebody who, you know, you know, where you're trying to smash it out around Lommel against 40 people and you come away in 26th and you get zero points for your watchmaker, where you can go to Argentina and you could probably bag 16. So, I don't know. Um, uh, cost, I don't agree with you. I think cost has, uh, does, does play into this. And, and the reason why I say cost is because of what we're all going through at the moment. Like, it don't matter. This as well. Everybody's feeling it. No matter how much money you've got, you're all feeling it because your fuel's gone up. Uh, literally, to run your house has gone up sort of two, three grand. It's, it's, I, said, I said this to someone on Twitter as well. I think if the entry fee was made the same for MX2 as it is in the MX250, I don't think you'd get more than six riders jump to MX2 because I think it's a glory hunting thing. It's a safety net thing. It's a, uh, well, why would I go to MX2 and finish 30th when I can ride around in 17th in the MX250 and get some well, points? If you're talk if you're talking that, then then that's a problem what the teams have created because I know that, um, I, know, I know before there was a manufacturer who put more um, input and uh, let's say, let's put more value as in resources and money and everything else on winning the EMX 250 title than they did finishing 22nd. And that is because uh, f- having a title it is what they all want. So to say that they're EMX 250 champions are, you know, has has some 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 weight, whereas saying you're 26th in MX2 has no weight. So that's, in, in a way, you've got to say some of the teams and some of the manufacturers have actually caused some of, this pro- some of these problems. Yeah, because I don't think they are, the full, I don't they think are the putting full on things run. which is not helping. At 61 support, will you be at all GPs, especially making post-race podcasts because I love them? Oh, Well, the only one you were going to miss was Russia for obvious reasons. No, um, I was going to go to Russia. Yeah, I believe that when I've seen it. You, you've said that to me for the last four years. And I've said to you a million times, you know what I'm doing this year. And you know, like, like can you imagine if I wasn't in Argentina? Could you imagine how that would have gone? <laughs> Knowing what we know about what else I do. Yeah. That would have been a fucking disaster. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Russia was always... You've, you've always... I've never ever seen you not want to go to a race apart from Russia. No, I just don't want to go alone. I just don't want to go alone. I can't be asked to go alone and deal with it all by myself. I'll go if someone's like, if, if, if everyone went, right, should we go? Let's do it. I'll be like, yeah, fuck, let's go. I just don't want to go alone and deal with Russia by myself. Like, I can't be asked without hassle. I had enough fucking aggro in Argentina. I did say I'd drive last year. Not drive, um, I'd go. Yeah, but you also said you'd go to Portugal and that's fallen, by, that's fallen down already. <laughs> oh, so I'll, I'll just give you my wife's um, telephone number <laughs> and you speak to her, mate, because uh, don't get me wrong, there's not much that scares me in life, but my wife is one of them. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're back. We're back. <laughs> At Greg underscore Wilcox 28, Craig, Cooper or Nichols for a 450 ride next year, assuming Star have to pick one. Um, for some reason, I'm not really like sold on Nichols getting a 450 ride. I put Cooper way, way, way above Nichols in the 450 ride ranks. Like, I see Nichols getting a 
B-level ride at best and maybe not even, maybe missing out on that even. Like, I, whereas Cooper, I think, will land somewhere like Husky or whatever. I think that, I, I don't know, I just, in my head, I've got it that Nichols maybe, I don't know if Nichols has done enough to convince a 450 team that he's worthy of a spot. Because aside from that championship, he has been injured a lot and there's been a lot of inconsistency. And even now this year, he's out again, which hurts his bargaining power because what is there to go off of? Not much. There isn't. Um, it makes, it never makes been great. way more sense for him to stay on 250. He can't. That's kind of the idea. Oh, shit. Okay. What is it? Because of the points he's... Yeah. Ah, uh, damn. Okay. Yeah, he's in trouble. <laughs> Twisted T. Well, I think he will... He could, I could see him going to like motor concepts to replace Brayton, maybe. Because that would work because I don't see Nichols as an outdoor guy. So then maybe he can go to motor concepts, replace Brayton, do Supercross, and then World Supercross. That would actually work out perfectly for him. But yeah. We'll uh, Adam underscore McGrath. You'll tell you what, a lot of new names this week. I swear these are all new people. All the same right? people with three different Twitter accounts. Why don't we hear international language on championships? I'm missing that. What does he mean? Like people speaking their native language? I don't know. If you go to the race Maybe like... this is why Adam's never had a question asked before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, you go, if you actually go to racing, then uh, like if you actually go to the, go to the event, then you, you, you would get a native language there in commentary. I'm guessing maybe he's thinking about why is all commentary on MXGP TV English, I guess. I'm guessing. I'll, I tell, I'll tell you this. So I, we all commented made a big difference in Argentina. They had music playing all day during the race in the build-up to the race, and it made quite a difference because normally they shut the music off once the racing starts. Yeah. But having music playing while the racing was going on did make it feel a bit more lively. Ah, oh, that's cool. I like that idea. Just a little observation. Uh, the, other, um, the other thing what we could um, back that up is at one point we translated MX Vice into four different languages and it made absolutely no difference. Everybody just read Everyone the English version. Everyone speaks English now. Everyone yeah. speaks English. So like, we, we were translating every single article we, we produced. And, we're um, quite it, close to releasing our new website now, aren't we? Yeah, we're really close. Yeah, it's looking really good. I got good. a message saying that we're really close. Yeah, yeah, it's looking really good. Uh, empty gate question, empty gate question, empty gate question, empty gate question, empty gate question. SROC Coffee Bar. Why do you think Watson is struggling on the Kawasaki? He should be challenging for top five. Um, I feel like I kind of outlined all the reasons why. Didn't I? I feel like I did, good, did a good job of that. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think you might have... Twisted his knee after Mantova. Late start. The team and I think were late with testing and stuff, so he's basically on Fedra's bike from last year, so he needs to work more on what works for him. Um, he's alone under there, so all of the eyes are on him and he hasn't really got a teammate to bounce off of. Blah, yeah, but that's kind of like... You're, you're kind of like laying to the pressure he's re- like, what's on him? But you're not... That's what I mean. Stuff. So let's explain it because it's like... You know, from the outside, it sounds like, oh, he can't cope with pressure if all the eyes are on him. No, it's more like just having, like, having some, like I say, like the Strybos example, having someone to bounce stuff. Like, so when the team go, well, what's, what do we do with this about the bike? There's two opinions rather than one. Like, you know, just, uh, yeah. No, no, no. That, here, here, I, 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 no, out. you need to explain because that's what, that's I feel what like I just did. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I was trying to, exp- like, try oh. and coax more out of you. Okay. Yeah, it will, it will come around. It will come. I think Portugal will be good for Ben. Um, I think Portugal will be good for Ben. Kevin Wanders, 45. Do you think the non-European style track, fast, big jumps, flat, made for the crashes that we had? Um, mm, I think the jumps made for the... Because like, obviously the beaten and the bogus crash was just a situation thing. 
that wasn't even a jump thing. That was just, that was just racing. The sewer Olsen thing was a jump thing, I guess. But then we have jumps everywhere, so it was just kind of wrong place, wrong time. The wolf. I hear that they were already concerned about that jump with the wolf because he came close to clipping his front. Like, like you know, you can kind of like scrub and then catch your front wheel. Yeah. Um, they were concerned about that already on Saturday. But again, that jump was nothing special. Lagenfelder was just a random crash. Gifting was a first turn. Most like, okay, the waves were sketchy, so you could maybe put that down to the, you would put that down to the waves. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's all of them. But what was the riders' um, thoughts on the track? They all liked it. Sketchy. Everyone says it's sketchy. Great track, but sketchy. Okay. Andy Mac underscore 11. Do you think MXGP should change things up? Maybe a triple crown like Supercross. Wow, we really are... Um, Reaching. We really are looking for answers with MXGP, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, but hey, if you look at, if you look at the, the questions that's come in, like I, I'm kind of... The, the stuff which I'm sort of talking about is not just me. You know, like... The, it, look, this is a business. This is their product. What you've got is... is uh, people who are writing and sending questions into us, and it's not just one, it's multiple people. Um, and this is their thought process. They're all seeing, seeing the same thing. Like, so as your product, you need to change it. You need to make changes because it's not quite right. So no, it's just everyone's overreacting because of injuries, because this product was amazing four months ago. It's just injuries. The injuries are hurting it, and everyone's. You're, you're right, because back in, we, we had one of the best run ins to a GP season ever, which was November. Like there's, like you say, I, I think we need to explain it more. This is a perfect storm. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. The, the, the fact that we finished racing for a championship in November and we're back racing second week of February? Crazy. Yeah, but I don't think that's, necessary. I don't think that's to blame for the injuries. Yeah, but the, the pe people haven't had time to recuperate from their injury, like, you know, past injuries, what I carry. If you speak to pretty much every rider under, in, in that paddock, they're all carrying something. They don't, they don't have, they didn't have time to recover this year. They didn't have time to test. There's supply issues in getting parts. Factory teams are struggling to get parts. You know, there's all these things going on, which create what we're just saying, a perfect storm. Um, true that, true that. That wraps up Liat Ask Vice Anything, known for producing the world's most effective neck braces. Liat continues to evolve year after year. The 2022 gear is now available worldwide, and there are many lines for you to consider. The 3.5 ride kit, an affordable combo, the 4.5 jersey and pants, the 4.5 enduro jersey and pants, and the 5.5 jersey and pants. There is so much to consider. There is an advanced range of motor helmets for 2022 too, including the 9.5 carbon, 8.5 composite, 7.5, and 3.5. The Liat helmets are available in a broad range of striking colours to suit all tastes. The 9.5, 8.5 and 7.5 helmets also come with a free pair of bulletproof velocity goggles. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com. That wraps up part two as well, which was presented by our friends at Scott Sports. The prospect goggle from Scott Sports is a culmination of over 50 years of experience producing goggles for the off-road and MX market. Used by an ever-growing list of champions, the prospect goggle has everything you need to ensure your vision is the best that it can be. With perfected features such as the no-sweat face foam, a maximum field of vision, the Scott Lenslock system, articulating outriggers and more, the super stylish Prospect Goal has been engineered to defend your vision no matter how extreme the conditions get. When the mud starts spraying, simply install the 50mm works film system and have an instant advantage over the competition. The Prospect is available with standard, light-sensitive 
and now the new amplifier lens options. Amplifier injected lenses provide improved definition, definition and optical clarity, allowing you to see contours and transitions in the dirt like never before. Get yours now at your local dealer or online at scott-sports.com. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts for Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. That's part two. We'll be back to wrap up episode 97 in two minutes. See you in a bit. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 97 of the MX Vice Show podcast, presented by our friends at Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts for Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Ewan Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour nutrition this is part three of the mxy show and as always it is presented by our phenomenal friends at prox racing parts who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed oem quality all parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world hence why everything that prox racing parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. And on pro-x.com, you will find a parts finder which helps you conveniently locate all of the parts that Prox do for your motorcycle. Um, Prox Racing Parts is really does what it says on the tin. There are all kinds of racing parts available at Prox. Um, the options really are endless. You, if you get on board with Prox and start making that your go-to place, you can source pretty much everything you need for your bike, no matter the year, color, model, size, anything, from Prox, pro-x.com. So, strongly recommended, very easy to use, everything you could possibly want, and it's cost-effective too. All very good. Very, very good. Also, while I'm here, please, just a quick reminder. Oh, you're back. Good. Um, just a quick reminder the support for MX Vice is brought to you now by Manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming Manscaped offer precision engineered tools for your family jewels Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle the performance package join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MXVICE all caps one word at manscaped.com the Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived, and oh man, is it a game changer. Inside that package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, the Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. I actually took my travel bag to Argentina. So, manscaped.com, 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the code MXVICE, all caps, one word. 
20% off everything site-wide and free worldwide shopping. shipping. Works wherever you are in the world. Support us. The code is now going to be active for a few more months. Support us. Keep it going. Keep it running. Show your support. Do us a favor. Manscaped.com. So, James. So, Lewis. Play a motor bombshell of the week? Oh, what you well, got? Shall I explain my um, Argentina trip? Yeah, why not? So got to immigration, as you do, standard procedure. And, well, first of all, I got sent to immigration booth number 13. Worrying. An immediate worry for me. I was immediately like, oh no, 13. This can't be good. So, as everyone knows, as I've said, I was the person who, when I picked my gate pick out of a bag at club races, uh, if I got number 13, I threw it back in the bag and went to 41 because I refused to be associated with that number. Um, so they basically hated everything I had. They said that my COVID test was fake. They said that my travel insurance was fake. I then, to prove it, I then brought new travel insurance in front of them to be like, look, I'll, I'll just buy another one. I don't care. Just let me go. So I brought a new travel insurance in front of them. And then they said that was fake, even though they watched me fill out my details and purchase it. <laughs> Which at that point, I was literally like, okay, I don't really understand what's going on now. Handed them my brand new phone to look at my travel insurance. They dropped it. Which I'm fuming about. Um, they oh, dropped your f- new phone? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I said I was there for motocross. They said that's not a thing. I said I was there to go to Villa La Angostura. And they went, that's not in Argentina. And I was like, I've literally just shown you it on a map. Like, fuck me. Um, so in the end, I got taken into a special room and then a guy came along and went, sir, we just want to work with you. And I went, mate, I've done all I can. I literally have, n- I want to work with you too, but I have nothing else to do. Like, I've got nothing else for you. I'm sorry. Like, my hands are tied. 45 minutes this was. Like, I was like, I've literally, I've bought new travel insurance. I was like, I'll buy a third one, but I really don't want to spend any more of my money. Like, Seriously, like, what more do you want from me? And then he let me go after that, randomly. Um, got out, found out that while I was in there, um, my colleagues had picked up my bag from the carousel. And while I stood there with a bag, a man ran up to them, grabbed my bag and went, this is mine, and tried taking it away. Just mine, not theirs, my bag. Luckily, they got it off of him. Not sure why. Again, fuck my life. So, got to the hotel, and as I said, the guy only accepted, I got there, the guy only accepted cash. Had to be US dollars. Did one want, wanted nothing to do with pesos. Absolutely nothing. And I was like, okay, I'll figure it out. Fine. I'll figure it out. So then after I hadn't figured it out in two hours, apparently, apparently he was working on a very strict schedule. He came knocking on our apartment door and burst in and stood there and Google translated that he's not leaving until he gets his money. This was at like 9, 10 p.m. at night. So I'm not sure what he expected me to do. I don't carry a thousand US dollars around with me to Argentina. It's not really something I thought I needed. So we were going back and forth on Google Translate. I said some things to him in English that he didn't understand, thankfully. Um, And then he said to me, you have 24 hours or you're out. Which again, this was on Friday night. This was during, I had the qualifying day. And also it was 100,000 Argentine pesos. So I had to find 100,000 cash in 24 hours, which basically made me feel like I was then a drug dealer. Um, <laughs> I, I'm loving this. This is what happens when your face just gets you in so much trouble. I bet you got off that plane and you have that, like, you know, that, that, that Lewis face, which you just look at people and they want to punch you in the face. And I think that's what happened. So, yeah. Um, um, 
Uh, yeah, so literally, I, after he left, I went, fuck me. I was like, I've got to find 100,000 pesos in 24 hours, otherwise I'm fucked. And I was like, is this real life? Like, that is literally drug dealer shit. Like, I'm literally a drug, I'm now literally a drug dealer. I've now got, a, Prado had a merch stand. I was thinking I'm going to have to bloody rob him. Prado had a merch of, stand. Yeah, they, and they must have been paying cash there. So I was driving into the track and I was like, my only option might be to fucking intercept Prado as he's walking out the track and grab his bag of cash. Where's this Prado merch stand come from? Well, they're Spanish speaking there, aren't they? They're, he's huge. Okay. Um, yeah, and then more stuff happened after that. And all in all, it was just a bit of a disaster. Sounds I great. I don't need this. It sounds fun. It. It's, you know, fun trip. I can remember like, sort of getting off at Buenos Aires and then you, you go through that whole palaver and you get off on another flight and you get off at that flight and you're like, we've got to be there. Oh no. Oh no. And can you remember that year as well? We had luggage all over us because we, 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 didn't, we couldn't get a big enough car. Yeah, they don't do big cars. They don't do big cars. So we had literally, I couldn't even feel my legs. It was ridiculous. It's the taxi across, across why can't I say across today? The taxi across Buenos Aires was really the killer. Like, because doing an hour in a taxi is just horrible. Yeah. You don't have phone service there. So, like, so it's not, that's also shit. Um, but it's it, a good place. It, like, if it was closer, I'd, rec- yeah, it's, I'd it's, recommend it to everyone. But the reality is no one's going to want to spend that money or travel that far. So, no, ever. <laughs> I, I don't know. Once, I do not, anybody says to me, oh, I'm going to go to Argentina. This. I was like, really think about that. Like, maybe like, treat it as like a two-week holiday like you go to like somewhere like LA you you hang out or whatever and no, you have that's the thing real Even fun time America it's really really far it is there's it, just no good way of getting to Argentina and, and that, that like when somebody said to me I like um you know we're gonna go and I'm like are you sure because I went and it's horrific like the event's great but you're only there for like two days so it's a long way to go for two days and that's, and that's exactly what it is. It's not like you're going for two weeks to Argentina on holiday and going to go by the beach. I'd need two weeks to get over that fucking flight. I was in the middle seat between two strangers on the way back as well. Fantastic. Did they touch you? No. I put my blanket over my head the other way just to make my own little pod. A lot. Also, this grinded my gears. Oh, okay. Fuck me. I was, on the, I was on the same flight as every MXGP fucker. They were all in business class. I felt like a right little poor person. Well, you are. They're all on like crazy money, dude. And, yeah, and- no, but I, 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 it's in, it's in a rider's contract that he has to fly business class to, to. Oh uh, God, is it going to be in your contract soon that you're going to have to fly business? No, I asked this rider to put it in their contract that I have to have it too. Fucking smart, eh? Because <laughs> I know I ain't getting it with MX Vice, but fuck me. If this rider goes to their factory team and says, "Look, I'm only signing if Lewis gets business class to Argentina," fuck me. What are they going to do? Yeah. Smart, eh? Yeah, yeah, real smart. I'm, I'm, I'm a drug dealer now, so I'm just everywhere. I'm working all sorts of, sorts of angles. Yeah. Saying those types of things on this podcast is probably why you get stopped in Argentina. <laughs> no, it's only because a man wanted his 100,000... 100, well, I, had, I obviously had to get 100,000 pesos. And it, cause How did thinking. you get the 100,000 pesos? Um, well, this was my thinking, because $1,000 is 100,000 pesos. So I was like, well, I'm not going to get dollars. I need to get pesos, cash, and then turn that into dollars somehow. Well, that was my thinking. Um, uh, a rider sorted me out. Okay. A rider sponsored us for our hotel, which was nice of them. Um, 
But the rider gave me the cash in euros, because right? obviously they didn't have dollars either, but they were like, oh, I've got euros, try that. So I took euros to the guy, gave it to him, and he, and then he, he looked at it, gave, like slammed it back against my chest, and then went, no, euros. So then I, like, I went, I gave it back to him, and Google translated, it's yours, take it. <laughs> <laughs> so did he take the euros? Yeah, because I, trans- I Google translated, this is your lot, enjoy your money. Thumbs up. Brilliant. Good work. Scarred for life. But thank yeah. you to the rider for sponsoring us, our, sponsoring our hotel. Sounds a great, great trip. Great trip. And then I left my fucking MXGP pass in the car at 4am in the rental car. And then luckily, another rider walked past my parked rental car, saw that my pass was in it, went and got the car keys off a rental car company, went and unlocked it, got my pass and delivered it to me. And I didn't even realise it was missing. What a guy. You should name that guy because what a guy. No, I don't think anyone wants to be named. But this is this was my weekend, and this is why I tweeted. But if it wasn't for the riders, I really would have been fucked. <laughs> and also, I was tweeting that because Mitch wants me to spread love, and I felt like that was spreading love. Okay. So, is that our bombshell of the week? Uh, Your trip to Argentina Suzuki is the bombshell of the week. Suzuki scored points. What? Uh, did they? And what are you saying? What, what is this? An MXGP? Yeah, I think so. I think they scored points. Maybe they didn't know because they weren't very good. Are they? Uh, yeah. They did. Yeah, Nick, Nicholas Rolando, as you as mentioned at the top of the show, was on a Suzuki. Yeah, backed up by Carbacos. I just hope to God that you know the whole win on uh, win on Sunday, sell on Monday. It, when was the last time that Suzuki scored points in MXGP? I don't know, but I just hope that instead of win on Sunday, sell on Monday, their motto is get lapped three times on Sunday, sell on Monday. Um, that would be a good stat, boy. It would have been Bobashev in uh, on Boss whenever that was 2019, 20 uh, yeah 2019 because yeah because Tommy was on Boss Kawasaki in 20. Look at Suzuki no. scoring a 14th overall. No, no, that was 2018. No, was it 14th overall, 16th overall? That was twi- that was 2018 that Bobashev was on a Boss Suzuki because Tommy was on a Boss Kawasaki in 2019. 16th overall, Rolando was. Yeah, so um, I won't press the sound because I still don't feel like it's politically correct. No, we need to relook at that. Mm. Well, episode 100, all new sounds. I, yeah. I was going to do it by now, but I'm kind of waiting for episode 100 because I want to make episode 100 a bit of a milestone. Um, I think we're, you're, you're, big enough, you're, you're literally big enough episode 100 <laughs> where people are going to expect microphones like, yeah, sorry, well, fireworks coming out of their speakers. This is another problem I got. I spoke to riders a lot of the weekend. They want to call into this podcast. I, I've been saying that. Yeah, but it's a lot of work for me. I've got to figure well, out. I, 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 I don't understand why I can say all this and it's all bullshit and crap and da 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 da. And then when somebody says something that agrees with me, you're like, well, it's okay. No, I've said that the riders should call. I know, I've said the riders should call in. The only reason I don't want them to is because I'm worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, you don't have, because you don't have much to add to the conversation. Well, and what you'll we- automatically do is try and get the riders to tear me down. But the riders won't understand that because the riders will, will be like, well, I'm on the phone with this Lewis guy who I quite like. And who the fuck is this other guy trying to make me take well, this out of the guy I like? And I say, don't worry about it. Assistant was the word. <laughs> Fuck's sake. It's fine. No, if we're going to rebrand you this year, James, remember? I'm giving up. Literally, no. the fact that I've been called an assistant, I'm not bothering going to any more GPs this I year. I think they were taking a piss, to be fair. I think they were taking a piss, but I don't know, because it was a foreign language, so I don't know. If yeah, I'm not, I'm not going anymore. Fuck this. Fuck, fuck all of you. Stay at I don't know. Wait, if I show you my own man hotel, you might want to come. No, <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Let's just say five star resort doesn't quite cover my own man hotel. <laughs> I just I don't want to know anymore. I really don't. I'm dreading. When I my, when seriously, I booked, I'm <laughs> dreading this Argentina bill, and I know I know why you've not told me how much Argentina is. Yeah, because I, 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 it stressed me to fuck out and I don't really want to give that stress to anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> no one else. No, I'm the only person. Like I said, I almost didn't go and then I was like, fuck, I don't really have a choice. Um, yeah. yeah if, um, if you're this far into the podcast show and you're listening, um, we would appreciate you buying uh, an MX Vice t-shirt on Even Strokes this uh, uh you know, this week, uh, all proceeds from, uh, you know, buying an MX Vice t-shirt or anything on even strokes will go towards the Argentina fund for, uh, 2022. I will say this though. I got, a sh- I feel like I've had a good lot of insight on this podcast. Like I uh, feel like I did. I, sorry. It's worth it. Like, Oh no, no, no. Hey, we, we, we spoke years ago about why we need to be at every GP and, and I still, I feel like I've, you know, I've sold, I've sold a kidney, I've sold cars, I've sold like two houses so far to fund us going to every GP. But do you know what? It's been worth it. it um, yeah, like, and to be honest with you, I hate everything I do in my life. I think I'm the shittest person ever and I hate everything I do. I don't really know why I breathe and I hate my fucking work. I think I'm terrible. Jesus but, Christ, this is a motivational. So, <laughs> but... <laughs> Forget your Tim Ferriss show. Come on board and listen to Lewis Phillips on how to make your life better. But I was quite proud of my post-race podcast from Sunday. Good, good. Look at you. Yeah, I thought they were quite good. I really did think they were quite good. Um, Would you like a little bit of a pep talk? Would you like me to tell you about how much you're crushing it this year and how well you're doing? James, you've... a, I'm not crushing it this year. I'm not doing very well. B, you don't even listen to the post-race podcast. I could have uploaded an hour and 10 minutes of dead air and you wouldn't know the difference. Look, you don't... You, I have two loves of my life and... and I, could have, I could have started the post-race podcast by going, hi, this is Lewis Phillips from Lewis Phillips Media Incorporated. And you wouldn't know. <laughs> I, I have two loves of my life. Um, well, there's, there's many loves, but uh, I have motocross and then I have UFC. So um, I have to watch a prelim card, then I have to watch the main card prelims, and then the main card. And UFC London was one of the best events ever. So um, I had to watch that, then I had to watch all the, you know, the uh, Dana White talking for 15, I think it might have been about 30 minutes talking about his, uh, you know, post-race. That's, that's interesting, you know. I'd like to hear Luongo talking about that shit. Maybe they should give oh. out, like, in UFC... Um- in UFC, basically, they have fight bonuses. And I think what they should have is, like, for uh, for MXGP and that lot, they should have, like, you know, rider the weekend. Here's a five grand check for being fucking awesome. Um, Luongo, Friday in Portugal, I am doing an open and honest podcast with Luongo where he said we can talk about absolutely anything. So I will be asking for fan questions before that. Um, and, yeah, that's going to be good. Luongo is a... David, I feel like... Everyone references Luongo, and they and they say that meaning Giuseppe, but Giuseppe's kind of stepped aside now, and it's David. Yeah, David David's, is really, really David's good. the main guy. Yeah, he's super David's open really, to really ideas. I, I have a lot of time for David. Uh, if you don't know his background um, as well, as a former professional football player, played for Livingston in Scotland. In uh, I can't remember the Italian team he played for, but he gets it. He's super like really into marketing and like literally, you know, he's been a massive driver in uh, with like social media. That's all down to yeah. him. I'm, I'm looking forward to that and I will pitch him my EMX 250 idea. I think that's great. 
And, and our EMX 250 idea. We will idea. tackle the lack of numbers. We will tackle the injuries. We will tackle all of that. We'll talk about it all. Um, all also, ask him. My, my question, I'll, I'll put some questions together, but one of mine is um, just literally how has, um, you know, like we're, we're going through, like, you know, obviously the, the, we've been through COVID. Now we're, we're, I think we're entering a recession. We've now got fucking Russia to deal with because we've now been driven by higher fuel. Imagine how much more the teams and riders are paying in fuel now compared to what they budgeted at the start of the year. I mean, that's a real interesting one. And I'm not talking about bikes. I'm talking about sending those trucks. Those trucks to events, that's probably just put another 10 grand, 15 grand of fuel easily. I mean, that's another thing to think about. Like, who's paying for that? Come to the territory. Ha- hustle. Make a, make a GoFundMe, for fuck's sake. Like, do something. Hustle. The teams have got to hustle. The teams have got to, like, if a privateer wants to go to Argentina, why not try and make a GoFundMe? You might cover your flight. Like, do, like this is where Europe sucks. Like, Logan Carnell in America, I actually fucking respect the hell out of what he's done since he lost his title sponsor. And actually, I keep, like, I actually fucking respect the hell out of everything he's done this year. I really feel like I like genuinely nothing but respect. And European riders just don't do it. They just sit on their ass. I go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do they do? It's, ooh, it's expensive to go to Argentina. <laughs> oh, like Carnell. Carnell. So Carnell lost it. Carnell got screwed royally by his title sponsor. Absolutely screwed to fuck. And instead of sitting on his ass and going, oh, I can't go to the races anymore as a privateer, he's basically gone out, got a different title sponsor for every round, promoted the hell out of himself. I think he started to go fund me and he's putting it in the 450 main event, promoting the hell out of these little sponsors who are helping him out, building a bigger name for himself because I'm on here ranting about what a fucking good job he's doing. And, um... Yeah, like that, let's, that's let's freaking get, cool. That, that's cool. Let's get some fucking. Hold on, wait for Carnell, Logan Carnell. Hold on. And also, let's fucking get it together, MXGP riders. Like, let's start. <laughs> like, I'm not. Like, let's start doing some shit. Like, if an MXGP rider messaged me and went, "Look, mate," like, I'm, I'm obviously I'm not talking about the top level. I'm talking about like the the bubble guys. If an MXGP rider messaged me and went, "Look, mate." I want to go to Argentina. It's fucking tough. MX Vice is quite big and got a big audience. Do you think you could like spread the word that I need like a sponsor for the weekend or like GoFundMe or something? I'd be like, sure, why not? That's a cool ass story. And you know what? If you make it, we'll do something to like make sure you can give your sponsors an extra bit of love. Like, cause fucking let's do something. Anyway, I'm bored. Nah, let's go. That was the Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better. And you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with a Planet Moto Academy. There is a lot going on at Planet Moto. Get involved. Hit tracks like Red Sand soon as possible. Visit planetmoto.co. Visit Planet Moto Holidays on social media. The 2022 slash 2023 dates are now available. You can now book your winter trip coming up now. So get on that right away, is would be my uh, recommendation. Boom. You won't find a better experience. You will not find a more convenient, easy, more enjoyable experience from Planet Motor Holidays. So, that is the MX Vice Show. Um, that was a part three presented by Prox Racing Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. 
All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything the Prox racing parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, code MXVICE, all caps, one word, Planet Motor Holidays, Props Racing Parts for Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. Any final thoughts, James? Lewis, uh, I didn't tell anybody, but um, I did test for COVID again today, negative, but I got off the, well, I literally got out of bed to do this. So um, hopefully uh, it sounded okay. Aww. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to say you haven't told anyone this but you've left MXVice but oh well that does as well that's good as well brilliant <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you everyone for listening thank you uh, we've got a lot of work to do now obviously I was on a plane for two hours uh, two hours two days <laughs> uh, so I've got a lot of work to catch up on from Argentina so a lot of content coming in fast um, sorry about the lack of updates in Argentina as well. There was literally no phone service and no Wi-Fi. Like, I don't know what I could have done. Like, it's frustrating as More. hell to me. Because what you could have done. More. It's frustrating to hell as me because obviously people look at it and are like, well, why isn't he doing it? But like, I was literally fucking in the arse end of South America with absolutely nothing. Like, I, could, I couldn't do a thing. I couldn't update the website. Trying to work out how he was going to do over Prado with his merch so he could, he could get the hotel paid. Like, honest. So like... I'm sorry. I, like, it makes me feel shit because I know I, I want to be the fucking very best I can be every time and I know people will expect that too and it makes me feel shit. Hopefully the post-race podcast presented by Fly Racing made up for that. 11 of those, an hour and 10 minutes. Really good talks. Tim goes deep. Prado is very open Tim, and basically says... Tim, Tim goes deep. Um, <laughs> Not a you, Prado eh? is very honest. Basically says that he was shit in Argentina, which I said, you weren't that bad. Um, Mitch is very inspirational, the most deep an MXGP rider has ever spoken, maybe. Beaton is funny. Jonas is funny. Uh, and the rest. There's 11 of them, so a lot of interviews. Thank Great. you to listening for those. Thank you to listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm Lewis Phillips, your host. That's James Burfield. We will see you soon with episode 98. Thanks for listening. Bye. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, Visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.